Hey everyone, welcome back to Commander Crunch. Before we get started today, just a quick dropping in to let you know that this beautiful, amazing, delicious, crunchy podcast is brought to you by both puremtgo.com, where you can find articles on all different formats of magic, and of course, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, because if you're in Australia, New Zealand, or Malaysia, go there for all of your auction needs. Now, on to the damn podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Commander Crunch. This is episode 13. It's it's actually kind of just going to be really cool and you'll see why in a second. But this is your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats on the regular. We are uh, all about celebrating Commander and the culture around Commander and community and creativity, primarily of obviously our favorite format, which is Commander. Can I say Commander enough? I want to say it more. There's Plus a lot of seeds in there. <laughs> well, there is, of course. Plus, plus a side-serving of entertainment and pop culture discussions f- for ancillary influences. And you can tell that I didn't write that because I'd never used the word ancillary. That's a good word. <laughs> yeah, it's my thing. Sam, how you doing? That's great. Pretty good, Jess. Just, how, how you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, good. It's been a week, but we've got a special guest that we should probably also introduce. Yeah. Somebody who I've known for many years, actually. Um, I'm thinking... Actually, thinking about it, is it like four or five years now? Uh, yeah. It's got to be around four years. You guys go way back. Yeah. Exactly. We have 13 with us. 13, how you doing? Oh, hey, what's going on? I'm Laboratory Tech 13 from the Riptide Project Laboratory, and I'm talking to Chesh and Sam from Commander Crunch. And, you know, yeah, yeah, it's about you know, four or five years, I think. Yeah, I've been doing content for a while. Um, then I stopped a bit, and now I'm back. I'm back, baby. Love it, love it. Welcome <laughs> back, and, and I think it's been a, uh, a massive uh, positive wave, uh, certainly in our Twitter feeds and, and, and just YouTube subs and everything. But, um, yeah, the fact that I said it to you before, but my, my glance, I haven't known you as long as, as Chesh, you guys go way back, but uh, I was like, whoa, I automatically feel like I'm not working very hard in this magic content game. <laughs> when you, you, you've got dailies, you've got like hot takes on everything. I'm like, this is amazing. So it's it's an absolute joy to have you here and, and pick your brain for all these great things uh, and not just Commander in a way. It says it on the tin that we do Commander stuff and I know you've got some great things to say there, but I think the, j- the, the game in general and, um, of course, as we always love to do, just drift off into life topics too. So, um, yeah, welcome aboard. Thank you. Um, where, where do we want to start, guys? It's been a weird week in Magic. Uh, then, pff, I mean, life, whatever. I don't want to talk about Trump. That's fine. Um, but, yeah, we, we had a wild is, one as far why as... Why is there no COVID? Why is there no COVID curse in Magic oh, the Gathering? Yeah, that's, wow. the six, that's the six white white. If you um, can have the Walking Dead, uh, you can have a COVID card. No. I was going to elegantly drift into that, but you had to just, like, blunt force trauma the, no. the, the, the Walking on, Dead into the Man. Wow! Yeah, exactly. I'm just gonna put my fist right in there. Yeah. Just gonna shove it right in. Like, here you go. Give me my money. <laughs> and I didn't get to do my intro for you this week, Chesh. I was gonna say he's got the strength of ten men. He didn't because I stole the intro. Exactly. Off you. And then arms the size of tree trunks. Made it sense. Very violent already. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so I I was hesitant to say we're gonna just 
dive straight into this and talk about it in depth because <laughs> I will say, I will say, check out 13's uh, video and, and deconstruction of, oh. um, or, or more com- commentary on, um, on, on the, let's say the PR kind of message sent out by Wizards about their their opinions and what and what the the Walking Dead cards mean, but um, very briefly, I guess we should run through just exactly what has happened. Um, and it's Secret Lair, if you haven't heard lately. Um, so Secret Lair has been going on for a little while. We get some cards that are generally a a unique piece of art on a pre existing card. I think was the original rules, yeah, um, or promise, I guess. Uh, and what's happened now? They've uh, What's come out is, is long story short, they've taken on, on board the IP of The Walking Dead to mechanically unique cards that are not replacing an old card or like they're not kind of just a, a renamed card. They're not with a functional a, reprint. A functional yeah. reprint, exactly. Or even the the kind of the Godzilla Biobox promo was not a bad way to do it and they're blackboarded. So there's a few things at play here. I think... <laughs> There's so much being Actually, said about them right now, and there's a lot of rage in the community and, and or outrage, I guess. Um, but I guess each of us might have a just a couple of little thoughts on it. Maybe too. It's funny. It's funny you should bring up Ikoria mm-hmm. because here's here's a side of this whole argument that no one has taken into consideration. We'll get to the the reason why I think this product is An oh, issue. a specific card in this product is bad in a second. Yeah. But uh, I want to cast everyone's mind back to March, uh, specifically when coronavirus exploded. Oh, here uh, we go. And death corona. Yes. Yeah. Was, Everyone forgot about and that. And death corona was then renamed by Wizards because of, the, uh, because of the tie between the coronavirus and death corona. It was just a real unfortunate like Extremely um, unfortunate timing. And not good. Yeah. Now, it's funny that, that somehow... That doesn't apply to Secret Lair, The Walking Dead, when you have a Negron, uh, basically a, a cult leader and a sadistic rapist, mm. as a character being gratified and glorified on a card. And that is not the thing that people are angry about for some reason, yeah. and I don't understand why. It's not just on Wizards. This is on the community. Right. Right? So... It, it's absolutely clear to me that, yes, the Wizards got a list from somebody higher up and, and basically chose a name based on values, which we were talking about with 13 before we started. Um, mm. But it's also very clear that the community itself is looking at one thing, which is the fact that these are uh, mechanically unique at this point and not actually looking at the story behind those cards and how those stories would you know, a- appear in today's background basically yeah. like it's too too close to real life not close enough to fantasy that we should be looking at it and going well we know that you know uh jace can do the mind wipey thing and i think everyone knows my thoughts on that which i won't go into <laughs> please don't um, i don't want to mute that again <laughs> amazingly problematic <laughs> but that's all about magic and this is not right yeah. and i'm not saying all about Magic the Gathering. I mean, literally all about magic. Jace is a magical being who has no earthly basis when it comes to real life, whereas Nigran is absolutely a real-life character model, and there have been people in history like him, mm. very much like him, and that's where my problem lies with this. He's a bit closer. So right? I'm not angry at wizards. I'm not angry at the community, but I'm annoyed at both 
because both of them got it wrong for the same reason. Right. And I th- now, there are some people, and I retweeted one the other day, but there mm-hmm. are people out there who understand and realize why I was so uh, on the fence about it all, just going, you know what? It's a card. Get over it. Right. Like, it, it's happened. You're hating it for the wrong reason. Mm. And then I had people going like, oh, I'm surprised that you're so on the fence about this, that you haven't, like, you know, spoken out about it or anything like that. Mm. And so, I, like, I made a statement about it, which was basically just... Yep, it's a card. It exists. It's been done. There's nothing we can do about it. Get over it. Uh, and and just waiting to see people like actually go. Well, oh, this is problem because of this, not because of the card itself. Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. And I think people are a little bit surprised that you took a <laughs> almost what felt like a neutral approach uh, to the main perceived issue. It's fine. Like, exactly. And like I say, there's there's a few things at play there. There's it's blackboarded. There's talk of one of them being used in in in. In legacy i think which is uh-huh. funny yep. whatever uh Look, there's, there's, there's at, at it's the kind of the, day, of the evolving nature of i'm i'm never going to be surprised when a company wants to make money and and sees a mutual interest in things and that's how, where i wasn't i wasn't upset with that money. what's that how dare a company make my problem it's, right it's so what do you think they're going to do and if, I, it if sucks I, but yeah. if i want to play commander right and if i want to play omnath but i don't want omnath bursting through a wall as the Kool-Aid man, <laughs> how is that which, any different which people from done. your The Walking Dead card? Yeah. So, I think that's right? it. We've, we've been adapting our flavor for a long time. It's a funny choice in IP, people are saying, because the show's being cancelled, the comics aren't made anymore. I don't know too much about it. I'm not a Walking Dead fan. but probably means that Wizards got the IP rights to do it on cards so, nice and cheap. So or, just, or before this yeah. all happened. And they're extremely popular. Yeah, so just, yeah. Just, like a, just like a basic gist of what they're doing like the main show is running down and they're they're going to be doing mm-hmm. uh movies with rick that's oh, that's shoot, the that's the um main goal and then they have uh two other shows behind that they have fear the walking dead which is a group of people i think on the west coast and then mm-hmm. they have another like walking dead world beyond which basically they could they could show you like other places right and they could do more with it than just mm-hmm. wherever they're at uh but uh, I, I wanted to touch on uh, a very interesting kind of double standard with the way they're treating Negan and uh, just yeah. not really concentrating on his background because we we had a bit of controversy. Not it's it's not recent, but it's a little bit earlier where they they definitely did a thing where uh, I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. in the. Uh, original Innistrad block they had Garrick I, I and Liliana this, yeah. and yep. they had Garrick on a card strangling Liliana and this is something that a lot of people had an outcry of because this is very clear abuse of women on this card and they didn't want you know like it, it just it really kind of gave people an idea that this was just looking at the art kind of felt more like a domestic abuse kind of like tinge to the art itself uh and you know wizards of the coast were like okay yeah we're definitely going to change this you won't see that anymore um we really don't want to do this we don't want to signify that this is okay in our game and then you have negan now who if you didn't did any research into his stuff he's got multiple wives who he has kind of a contract with it's very suspect where he doesn't really like rapists himself but his contract with his women are like well you have to do everything that i say uh otherwise you don't have to or, uh, and and then you don't have to work otherwise you have to work if you want to be in my group of people which is very suspicious and very suspect of mm-hmm. course um and is very kind of loophole which um 
a lot of other recent uh people in america like to to get with i mean i won't talk about politics but you know uh <laughs> i mean you can get what i'm saying though which is basically uh wizards yeah. of the coast could have done a little bit more research into the character before deciding to put a card out but i can understand from a business standpoint how they wanted to have at least you know the heroes the villains on cards yeah yeah it, it seems just a bit of a broad like a, an oversight uh, just it, it seems like if there was full understanding into the character, it'd be like, ah, oh, we could probably just avoid this one, you know. Um, and I, I can't speak to the other characters in 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 the show or anything like that, but um, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I think we we looked at these as with a lot of maybe secret layer stuff. You're like, oh, cool, we could play this, whatever. But it's like, yes, the bigger issue comes out straight away, where or some of the bigger issues that people are talking about. Like I say, it's it's not actually as much of a uh, an issue for me. I want to say that. There's a moment because of the collective voice of everyone, you think, "Oh no, is is the, it's the sky is falling?" Message. Now I have mm. to realize I've heard that I've heard that before. It's fine, um, but there's a lot of talk about. It feels like I think to people that their game is being infiltrated by other IPs, and that where <laughs> where where does it stop? Where you know, Taco the Bellman, like you know, just <laughs> just the yeah. cool people are invading my nerves. Yeah, thing. I think uh. that's it. Which I I I never really like that as far as gatekeeping. It's it's not. Uh, I don't think that's that's productive at all. But there was also the the whole. There's there's other things where it's 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 an enigma wrapped in a riddle. There's so many layers to it. But you could say the whole. Uh, you know these are these are these are cards that are only available from Hasbro, which yeah. has been a little bit of an issue with supporting LGSs. That's that's a thing as well. I do and have I'm an issue with that. And they're yeah. mechanically, yeah, they're yeah. mechanically unique, and, and and it's like yeah, cool. If I don't know if if I didn't have an issue with the characters that or the character, maybe be a cool commander, whatever. I'm I'm pretty impartial about that, but it's like the scarcity means I just I need to go. No, I don't want that. Like I don't. I'm not interested in ordering that and getting it eight months later. Um, right for for that reason. But I'll, I'll say so. There was a lot of pressure on the commander rules committee uh, to the point of this is where I really get upset with it. Where it's to the point of hostility and, yeah. and toxicity where it's basically people getting, I, I can't say if they've got their death threats or anything, but I could say, I, I could hear that a lot of people were really sh- shaken up by, and they, they, they're getting some pretty hostile language thrown at them to, to do this, whatever. And it's, it's, I don't know. These are people with, with a job I don't envy, uh, like Sheldon and, and, you know, I see Sheevan were talking about a lot too. And uh, so what's happened, I think, the last day, uh, an interesting one was the rules committee did not ban them in Commander. Um, and personally, I don't think Commander is really that much of an issue, but, you know, whatever. I think it is to diff- uh, different things to different people. Uh, yeah. The interesting one, though, was was Play EDH. Uh, making a call that was very much in line with, I think, what, what Chesh and myself might think, actually, which is, or, or feel about it. They just made the call on Play EDH, which is a massive Discord, uh, with with considerable kind of influence in the community, to ban Nagan. Uh, Nagan. I keep saying that. Is that Negan. 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 I, sorry, I, I keep mincing that name but uh, yeah exactly just <laughs> not my fault not just, my fault <laughs> just the one card so that i think and i think they gave a good reason why and it yeah. was exactly that it wasn't about the you know uh playing one of the others and and it, it being a walking dead card it was what that character represented so i think that was an interesting choice and that might actually send some ripples sheldon uh and the rc have, have actually said they're going to keep looking at it as well um the worst part was oh yeah what was it um uh, I saw another tweet where 
people are screenshotting what people are saying in some of these discords. They're like, well, if anyone rocks up to the table uh, with, oh, with one yeah. of these Walking Dead cards, I'm going to rock my, uh, you know, uh, my, my Talran deck and, and ruin their day. So, yeah. <laughs> just counter, counter their commander at least like 16 times, I think it was something where, like, yeah. where they just basically just really hate themselves. To them. I'm like, I don't, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's strange, all these waves set through. And again, I can't really comment on everything about how I feel, but it's... Well, it, it, it's a thing, right? So, like, wizards can only can only think so far in terms of what the customer might do slash react to a decision they make or a card that they bring out, etc. Right? Mm. They would have had no way of knowing other than the reaction I'm having about the character's background if they'd done their research. That they would have had no way of knowing that people would have reacted a so negatively to it, even though. Uh, mechanically unique is always a bad thing, generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, unless you come out and straight away say, this is mechanically unique to this widely available product, which means it's not mechanically unique, and then printing it in a secret layer. Yeah. Right? So this should have been printed first as a card. Yeah, I, I, then, agree. I agree with that. I think that. And then printed in the secret layer. This, this card should have been Commander Legends. That's where this problem is. Yeah. If this card was in Commander Legends and then brought out as a secret layer before then, and them saying, here's the secret layer, here's the version you'll see in Commander Legends. Yeah. It's yeah. like Jerry the so, Evil Ooze or something, you know? It's, uh, yeah. Oh, there you so go. what He's you're doing then is you're saying, like, we're going to bring it out early for a sneak peek. And, and this actually works so fucking well for marketing wizards. You have no idea how well this would have worked. Yeah. And no one does this in card games anymore. Bring it out first as a sneak peek, exactly. almost like what you did with Time Shifted into Commander Legends, yeah. right? So you bring out the secret layer first, right? You bring these out as special promo cards linked to that new product, and you say, this is the type of cool stuff you can expect, right? right. And then you say, not not the theme on these cards, like not, not the actual characters, because you won't see those in the Commander product, but the theme of the cards themselves, the way these cards mechanically work which are new and exciting and interesting and then everyone goes holy shit this is great right because they're not focused anymore on but what if you don't reprint these yeah these are going to be worth thousands of dollars right i can't get them like once you stop printing that's it instead people go holy shit we get this like cool insight into what commander legends is going to be and if this is the kind of like cool flavorsome creatures we can expect imagine what commander legends is going to be like i'm hype yeah but they didn't do that they, and they, that doesn't make sense yeah, there's they, continuity to the call to action if they do that and i think there's there's a yes. bit of synergy between this stuff and and for sure and I, I think actually the other thing a lot of people really get upset about the fact that it is marketed under the pretense of oh get them before they you miss out and they're gone and that exclusivity thing which people label as predatory at this stage, I don't know. I work in advertising, so it's like it's very much. It's like I expect everyone to do that kind of like insidious language to to sell anything. That's yeah. what you do. And you you just you just make it seem exclusive. And see, that's the thing. Like I've been playing trading card games for like near on almost over twenty five years. I have literally seen it all. Yeah. I have gone <laughs> see, through... See them live, die, fall apart. Like, yeah, exactly. Change change manufacturers between Wizards and other companies. Yeah. You know, I've played Jewel Masters. I've played... Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars, TCG, both Rip. the Decipher and the Wizards one, Harry Potter, oh. Pokemon between both TCPI, uh, which is the Pokemon Company International Wizards. 
if you name it, I've probably played it other, other than um, Stupid Ponies because I really <laughs> hate bronies. Sorry, bronies. I, do not I love like that, you. like, one exclusive. You creep yeah. me out uh, mm. because of your 4chan four ways. So, so, <laughs> so that's another but, thing. So, Chesh, have you played uh, Anna Mayhem? Same... Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I think 13 knows why I just said yes and then dropped it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't suggest anyone play don't it. Don't look up the cards either. As a graphic designer, uh, yeah, my don't. eyes hurt. So, yeah. They're, they're really fucking terrible. Uh, but yeah, I, I wanted to talk oh, about... No. I wanted to talk about... Uh, so, back back to the topic of them basically not letting... Like, like not doing the promotional material of saying, okay, these are going to be in Commander Legends, which I agree with you. That would be insanely like uh, just you know prescient about and I having this I product it loses any value either like yeah it's they don't drop any equity no it's, it's strange no i mean like you want to get these cards now well i mean it's technically secret layers are getting shipped you know like five months later but i mean you want to get these cards uh air quotes now uh you can get them mm-hmm. uh but then you know uh just this is from also on my video that I had where I went over my reactions to their explanations. But uh, a lot of the language they had on that video was basically just like the, the, one of the questions was asked, why don't you have these cards already reprinted later or something like that? And their response was very canned. We want to have excitement for these cards as they are coming <laughs> out and want people to purchase them because they are different and they are mechanically unique and new and this is the only way to get them. They very clearly said, yes, we want you to to want these because they are only available in this secret lair. And I go over a lot of some stuff in the video that I did too where, where I just, like one of the things that really sticks out to me that I said in that video that it's still in my mind right now is I feel like it just taints the secret lair brand like uh, like you're not there they weren't even out of a year doing this and they've decided to, mm. to just start messing with it where you know at least we can get things under our belt where we've got all these cool cards that have been reprinted with new arts some people still haven't even gotten their stuff yet you know of other oh, secret yeah. layers and so there's a lot of things they had to iron out first and then they just started they decided to start going with all these different mechanically unique cards i mean at least you know just in this one bundle and but I'm, I'm pretty sure you know even this podcast was standing they're they're still getting all that feedback and probably taking it up higher to corporate mm. yeah that's what i heard too it's just like there's there's a lot of talk of like oh just just people like marrow and 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 that uh how much pull do they actually have and it's right. it's i think he he's actually dropped a couple of polls to really get some uh some oh he's been working of, overtime almost like a pseudo petition to go, well, this is what the people actually think. So what, what do we do there? So, and I understand too, that I've always, uh, and I can't comment to it, like, Oh, how accurate this is. But I, I sense a bit of a discontinuity between stakeholders and, and pure creative. And, and that's nothing new in a way in the world, you know, like there's, there's right. always, it's part of my job too. It's like, this is what I believe in, but this is what I'm told to do. And, and that kind of thing. So um, it's, it's attention that people, I think, it's also that people feel, like I said before, like a little bit betrayed with their the thing that they've invested in so much and they feel that's at risk. Um, and there's people saying, well, the whole point is don't let this be the only thing in your life. Right. And it's like, well, that's easier said than done. Like it's, I, I've got plenty of stuff going on in my life, but this is a big part of my life. Like it really is. And it's, it's, 
I, I don't think it's going anywhere and I'm not I'm not actually concerned, but it's it was yeah. interesting when people started having those thoughts for sure. So well, um uh, yeah, it, anything, it, yeah. Oh, go for it. Oh, oh well I was gonna say um yeah, I mean and I mean just speaking to the fact about magic being a very large hobby that people are, are into it really does feel like when you get into magic even if even if you're not even talking about sunk cost fallacy right where it's basically like i put this <laughs> yeah. much i mean i mean and i'm clearly there i mean i don't know if yeah. you've seen any of my tweets or anything but i have the full borderless foil sword set from double masters right like that was like a goal of mine I, i've i've wanted to do ever since i got back into the game with magic origins like i wanted to get all those swords and this was this summer yeah. was the time to do it uh, especially with those borderless versions Absolutely. but speaking back to it being a hobby in general it's very much like video games in a way where if you get into yes. video games it, it kind of is limitless like it's really only limited by people's imagination about what is a video game and what can be a video game and on what systems mm. and what can you do with it vr stuff like that magic is very similar in that regard where they've expanded themselves so many different ways now with commander with with you know pioneer with uh any other formats that you want to do like even people are coming up with their own formats that that sometimes get their mm. time in the sun like oathbreaker you know where these cards that they they print for their own formats can be repurposed replayed with again and again in different ways and in different modes that um you know can rise and fall in popularity and getting into a game that has that kind of limitless potential is really exciting you you can really make a uh identity for yourself in the game yeah yeah i think that's it too and and it, it's it's you know, we've said it before, but it, what comes comes down to it is the people around it too. Like, so that opens up just an absolute sphere of there's a culture around it. There's a there's a zeitgeist. There's, a, there's people talking and and being a part of that. And I had that kind of, I had to have that like uh, investigation with myself to go, yeah, it means so much to me, and it has for these five, like past few years. What would happen if if worst case scenario, being complete devil's advocate, if and I actually find it really hard to imagine this 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 reality. But if if you know the stakeholders drove this into a ground and, and everyone abandoned the game, what would actually happen? And it goes back to um, I would I would go well. I've got to understand. I've met these people through the game, but that might not necessarily be why we stay in touch. I think we we stay in touch because of the game, or because we we kind of we enjoy talking to each other as people, right? And that's a good way to put it, I guess. And and then. Then I thought back to uh, the lost episode with Davey last week, uh, Chesh, that um, mm. we'll, of course, record again <laughs> next week. Thanks, Davey. <laughs> lost his, his episode of gold. Um, uh, Coach Davey we're talking about. And he was talking about what would happen if he goes, Commander's not going anywhere. Right. We, will, we will still play Commander if the game shrivels up and dies. Exactly. And that's actually absolutely true. And I need to think about that. That, And I think Shivam said something like this too. It's just like, well, I, I think of it like, I don't know. That's is 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 the fact that they keep printing new cards and, and adding new products to the game the reason it stays alive? No, like it's it helps and it keeps stimulating the fire. But like we can, you know, Commander has has flourished in spite of what the company is doing as a whole. They contribute to it, of course, but it still right. is a is a an ecosystem on its own, which is really interesting. And um, I like what you say too, that I mean, that the way the game is, why, the way it is and so interesting is so how multifaceted it is. And I think that it means it's quite, it has been resilient thus far. Uh, and I think, yes, we've got a very passionate vocal community and they'll continue being that way. <laughs> but 
I'm seeing it more as yeah, like, like we need. I, I do think probably something will and should probably happen with these cards. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I've gone from going, oh, the sky is falling because it's 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 very easy. I'll say to get caught up in all that talk, and you're just like, well, people are <laughs> like on Reddit are stepping out of the game and they're they're done, you know, and they're selling out. It's and I, I mean, see that every year anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I do. It it really is just like in and one of the things I often do uh, that I I actually recommend anybody do when they're in you know uh, a fandom or in some sort of community mm. that is as large as Magic or anything like that is really think about there are two most likely well I mean there's probably a middle ground too but I mean there there are two basic groups in any sort of fandom there's the core group the people that have been there the longest and the casuals who are just kind of interested you know tangentially or they have a friend who is a part of the core group and they sometimes play with them whenever it feels relevant to them like maybe if they're cards that are sometimes interesting or what have you and they might skip sets and stuff like that exactly right, right exactly or maybe like you know they've I mean it's hard to think about right now, but I mean, maybe they go along with their friend to a magic fest or something like that where, you know, they just want to go there and see the cool art or see if there's anything kind of shiny and rare that they want to pick up or just enjoy the mood. And Mm. the, the walking dead secret lair that they have is a very clear attempt at trying to bridge that gap because we're, yes. we're on the cusp of them having a full-blown blowout talk about it where they're going to have the episodes of The Walking Dead uh, air this weekend, and then they're going to have The Talking Dead, which is where they talk about basically podcast style, like what we're doing, uh, about mm. what just happened. And uh, it's very kind of like exciting to listen to that after a show because you get basically the reactions of what had happened immediately, which is, you know, like you, you, you want to be in the room with somebody and be like, oh, that was amazing. You know, did you see that? Yeah. Right. And um, so they're going to the have those. The world works these days. Yeah. Know? They're going to have those. Everything has a commentary with it. Yes. Instant gratification. Right. <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah. That's so right. That's the, exactly. yeah, they're going to have these cards on there and uh they're going to cross over to that to that audience. They'll be like, "Oh, this is Ooh, yeah. I can play with these characters." Like they don't they they never had a way where they can kind of like physically hold a piece of the show in their hands. Like I'm trying to think about it from that perspective, right? Like not even in a Magic yeah. the Gathering perspective, like a, from another fan perspective. I can hold these cards that have these characters that I know that have done either really heinous stuff, obviously, or are kind of heroic mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I have this friend who likes to play Magic sometimes and I'm kind of kind of curious about it yeah so i mean there's there's a lot of interesting things they're trying to do with this and i see it from that perspective and and it it can help if you take yourself back a little bit from oh man this is terrible for magic and just kind of think about it in that way definitely and that's a great way to put it that it's it's uh it even goes back to like when people were having you know the inevitable uh, having a go at someone on the um commander advisory group for not knowing how a card worked Right. And assuming that everyone on the CAG had to be absolute just bastions of the game and, and, and know what's going on and, and everything about it. It's like, that's not the point. Like, how many people are like, and, and, and I have to think that too. It's like, it's it's easy to expect everyone is so ingrained in this game as we are. And, right. and it, see everything that happened on Twitter every single day and it like all stretch out. It's like, just take a, take a moment here and understand like the different plays in the game. But there's plenty of people that absorb no content. Uh, they play maybe once every few months and they might go to another thing. They, they, they would say they play magic, but they're not that 
not as invested as the day-to-day buy every product type thing. And that, that's totally a, uh, a, a you know, uh, legit way to play. It's it's completely fine. And it's, yeah, uh, it, these people do exist. Exactly. Right. So, um, I don't know. Is, is, is there anything else we, you know, Chesh, uh, 13, you guys want to kind of touch on the back of that? Or do you want to get into talking about you yourself, 13? Because I think we'll, uh, we might switch lanes a little bit and talk about the good times, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything else. I mean, if we're if we're talking about just the topic of Secret Lair of the Walking or yeah, Secret Lair of the Walking Dead, I've had to say that so many different times on my videos for this past week, <laughs> where I literally have some sort of combination of the Secret Lair, the Walking Dead, or Secret Lair, the Walking Dead, Walking the Dead, Secret Lair, like so many different ways I've had to say that. Uh, TM. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. At the end of it, of course, but. Um, being, being a part of that discussion has been really kind of, uh, interesting and very engaging, uh, especially mm. since coming back. Um, and if we're like, want to segue into, you know, more, more live stuff or talking about me, um, I've actually had more comments on my channel this past week than I think in the past, maybe like two years, to be honest. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, the, this, this stuff has been really, I mean, it's been motivating people to speak up. Which is good, I suppose. You know, uh, engagement's always good uh, from a metric standpoint, but also from you know at least getting people's thoughts. Uh, and you know, you know, like my uh, one of my best videos that I've done since I've come back has been like 300 views on the Glenn cards from the that, yeah. that secret lair. So it's been it's been quite interesting. But yeah, we can segue into some more of the life stuff. So not yeah, a I was gonna say. So it's I mean. Best way to put it. So you took a break for about two years ish, um, yeah. and, and yeah, yeah, one to two years. But yeah, it's it's. I, I guess let's talk about first of all what uh, what kind of content you were making beforehand, and and what you've kind of jumped back into, and it has it changed at all. Uh, and then also, it's kind of. I, I guess the mission statement of, of the content you like to make and um, the content we enjoy that you make. It's you know what 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 kind of goes into that and your view of it. Okay. Yeah, so um, at the Riptide Project Laboratory, which is the basic uh, umbrella brand for everything that I do, um, I have, you know, I am LabTech13. Like, that's that's the person who's hosting from the laboratory. And the the type of content that I like to do, and, and this is something that I'm, I'm particularly proud of, um, lately, or sorry, before... I stopped before I took my break. I was doing a lot of arena content and yeah. that was mainly because um, I was actually one of the, the first people to stream arena who they had gotten, like I had gotten into the closed beta and I had streamed the, the uh, arena stuff with only a handful of people that were in the closed beta. And then I was invited to, all of their streamer events. So I was actually one of the smaller streamers that were handpicked from everyone else that wanted to try to be in these events. So I feel very, like, I feel very special that I got that, right? Like, I feel like that was a very big nod from, you know, Wizards themselves. It was like, oh, they really are enjoying mm-hmm. the content that I'm putting out. So uh, I really started to focus my content on YouTube and, of course, you know, streaming uh, through Arena. I figured, you know, this is a good platform to get in on at the start. A lot of people were still streaming Magic the Gathering online at the time. So if I could build a user base there, uh, you know, I could get a really good solid following going. And then life stuff hit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So 
just just uh, long story short, not 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 too deep on my own personal details, but I had um, a living situation with the person that I was in a relationship with, and that fell through, and that really it was very traumatic, especially because um, it was a very long term relationship. So I had a lot mm. of feelings that I had to deal with, and a lot of things that had to happen before I could even consider doing content again. And um, before I stopped making my content, I actually had some other interesting, unique content that I had on my channel. So, um, like, I would be have some very experimental stuff, um, which is funny because I'm still doing set that stuff today. Uh, we'll get to mm. that in just a moment. But, um, yes, so, like, I, I have, like, a commercial on my channel that looks like it's from the 80s or 90s where it's basically, like, uh, selling cards or selling um, you know, music CDs and stuff like that. And then a very unique piece of content where you can basically do a choose-your-own-adventure inside of YouTube, which is kind of rare. You don't see that on YouTube uh, nowadays. So uh, you click through basically the different options, and it takes you to, to a different endings based on, you know, what you pick. And I had a contest with that actually, oh, nice. yeah, where I was where I actually gave away some cards. I think I, I think it was for um, Eternal Masters, I believe. Yeah, and mm. yeah, so so that was some of my like previous content that I made before I switched over to Arena, and then I then I had the break because of life things, and then I came back, and I really kind of wanted to focus on getting back into the Arena stuff because I did have a very solid following on Twitch. You know, I still have that pride of being one of the recognized names of twitch streamers now granted you know like i was starting to capitalize on it and then i had to go away unfortunately and now i have that kind of hunger to like get it back you know like you know, they yeah. just just like i knew the potential was there and to be recognizable to be involved to have the passion that i have like have other people see it and I just came up with a strategy where it's like, okay, well, what if around rotation, everybody's excited to see new content, I can start putting stuff out again, and people would be like, oh, hey, Riptide's back, that's cool, you know, like, what does he think about what's going on, and stuff like that, and then yeah, I came up with the idea of doing uh, the Magic Minute, which is basically a daily, at least under or under or over a minute, uh, just basically like pick out a story that happens either like same day or before day. Like for today example, I put out right away after the commander rules committee talked about uh, the walking dead cards, like something that like right away. So that way people can find that info and like, maybe they're getting up for the work or maybe they're taking a lunch break or, you know, like it could be, you know, you're in Australia and you're winding down for the day. Maybe you wanted to, you know, see what <laughs> other people are thinking about what's going on. Right. So who knows? I think it's really good, and it's it's like uh, that that kind of that content. There is there is little uh, place in the market, or you know, not even it's not even necessarily a market, like, but it's it's just. I think that stuff that that's really an, an important one because you can log into Twitter. I've also found a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't even engage with Twitter, and I can no. find yeah. again their thoughts before Twitter can be a bit one sided depending on who you're you're following, whatever, and you can get it. You can get some, uh, you know a bit of a whiff of what's going on and what people think. But yeah, that, that kind of content in a minute or whatever, just go, well, that's, that's a really good way to, to get in front of, uh, I don't know, just become an important part of, of, of people's understanding what's going on in magic. So yeah, yeah. I love that one. Yeah. So interesting but thing yeah. too, with uh, the magic minute that I've actually found, because I'm, I'm very much an analytics. I mean, 
we're we're the Riptide Project Laboratory, so we're all based on research, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm very interested exactly. in the analytics and uh, taking a look at how the Magic Minutes have been doing. Uh, being able to strike when the iron is hot, so basically talk about any sort of topic that is currently being discussed that people may be putting into the search bar of, of YouTube. Where are the yeah. thoughts about this this subject? I don't know if you know, but a lot of other content creators in Magic the Gathering, they take a little bit of time to put out their, their content. So... So, for example, and that, that's because they spend a lot of time on the actual production, right? Like the production values, like do I show the cards flipping in uh, that look really cool and stuff like that. There's a lot of editing that goes on because you have to work with static images and stuff like that. And you want to make it look nice, right? Like, for example. And then there's an expectation yeah. as well. Like once you set that tone, it's like that's what's expected. And it's like, exactly. oh, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, for example, uh, I'm sure this is a name you all know well, uh, Ristic Studies. Uh, Mm -hmm. Of course, Sam over there, his videos are gorgeous. Of course, he's very artistically directed, and those videos are celebrated when they come out. They're not exactly tuned to what is currently being talked about, uh, which, you know, you kind of want to have that sort of rapid-fire content. Like, you know, what is going on? What should I know about? What are the the things that, you know, the opinions that maybe I, I can start thinking about because of this, right? Yeah, they're, they're kind of two styles anyway. There's just like the, there's the new style and uh, then the evergreen kind of timeless content. And I, I've, I've kind of always enjoyed the fact that uh, he kind of goes completely against that grain where it's not a race to see who can bring it out the quickest. It's, right. it's more about, I, he, he just wants to do it on his time, which is Very. awesome. And that, that, that's an awesome point that it's more about like, if anyone's making content, like just finding that spot where you're most comfortable and say, what, what do you want to be? Um, and, and that's the thing. I think you do that well. Um, and I, I can tell you enjoy it. That's the key. <laughs> it's like, you do it because you want to, not because you feel like someone told you, you have to, or you, is making you feel like you have to make that news style or, you know, be in front of everyone. You saw an opportunity like, oh, actually I can, I can do this probably quicker than other people based on, we don't necessarily have to, if it's a quick fire news one, you don't have to have the highest production values. It's fine. No, And no. even then I think yours is great. It's fine. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, it's not without its own challenges, right? Like, so it, it can exactly. be very easily, you, you can look at it and say, oh, well, this is very easy to put together. You know, you just sit in front of the camera and talk about whatever is, is going on. But there's still, there's a kind of pressure where... Uh, I was about to say that, actually. That, that's, that's a massive thing. And I, that's a, there's a very key reason I couldn't do it every day. And yeah. it's because it's that, that, that pressure to f- perform and just, just come up with something. And, and, and it takes a quality. It really does to, to have that within you. And I, I say kudos like, <laughs> to have that. And, <laughs> and, and, and like you say before, like when, when things happen in life, you, you also got to determine where to put that line in the sand and go, I, I can't show up to do this. I'm not going to be right. – people are going to notice. Uh, people are going to feel like, well, this is not the content I've expected because there's a different energy there. You know, that definitely happens. And, I mean, uh, well-known people we, we watch for years sometimes change. Yeah. And they might feel the pressure to keep going. And it's like, well, something's changed here. Something's different. There's a different energy there. Right. Um, and it definitely comes through. So, yeah, like 
that's a good one actually i'm glad you went into there but yeah how 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 do you summon the energy every day <laughs> what, what keeps you going <laughs> well so the the major thing that i've actually found because i mean th- this is a challenge uh for sure to be mm-hmm. able to come up with something that can be summarized maybe in a minute or uh you know can i put this together today like you have to basically ask yourself do i have the energy for it and you know you feel that kind of pressure yeah. to do it but you know it really just depends on how you go about doing it and and the ways you think about it and this is of course dipping yeah. in a lot of kind of mindfulness things that make you not get um dejected about it and uh maybe disappointed in yourself where you kind of think about the logistics of it it's like okay well it only needs to be a minute has there been anything that wizards has put out that is worth talking about so for example i have a magic minute where i just talk about the grand finals it's a very simple topic where i just talk Mm. about the grand finals coming up and you know wizards put up uh, a list of the people who are doing the commentary like who's commentating for it and you know sometimes you think about it and you're like well is this good enough like should i just put this as the magic minute like people can find this somewhere else and talk about it but there's also the kind of thing that that goes into your head well maybe these people aren't being talked about enough maybe maybe people overlook the commentators maybe people kind of take them for granted and if you put out the content that spotlight spotlights them a little bit more and spotlighting is definitely a thing i want to do on the channel which i've just recently done uh with jrr2 uh on twitter he actually has a really good sultai deck that he put together that i made a video for and i spotlighted him in a way where like he's the focus of my video like it's his face on the video not my face because i want to you know put people out there and you know you you think about is this newsworthy well of course it is like if you if you Mm. it's part of the game people need to know other parts of the game exist not just the things that are in their sphere that they only think about like you know commanders stuff like that which is of course you know another reason why you asked me to come do this podcast <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly and i was gonna say anyway that's that's i guess a really constructive way to look at it for the the magic minute is just going well it's an informative piece i can take a bit of pressure off myself because of what's ambiently yeah. expected every day yeah. and it's like no no i could you know you just you just say how it is i don't have to nothing that's it it's about avoiding those those thoughts of is it good enough and the doubt because doubt is the inhibitor of all creativity and it really yeah. sucks and and this is one chesh i want to i know you're kind of lurking there in the background but want to get you <laughs> you involved in this about uh we, we've gone into mental health a little bit actually and it's i know it's it's not going anywhere that's the thing and it's it's we we, we more just need to talk about it and and how that affects things and basically you said it before though like the reason you do this is you just enjoy the game so much and it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's it is love and it's 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 about finding those things that don't actually need that energy. They don't demand that um, for the most part to kind of just get you going and, and get you motivated because you just enjoy doing it. So that's, that's kind of what I try and lean on if I'm ever in doubt with things or whatever, but Chesh, right. I know you make a lot more content than I do. Of course I don't, I mm-hmm. just do this podcast and um, just crap on, on Twitter sometimes, but that's, <laughs> I know you've also got, you've got a, your, your foot in a few more, or um, what's the analogy there, but you've, <laughs> You got a few. Fingers you're handling a, a few more pies, and um, yeah. you've, you've got some uh, uh, kind Juggling of plates. 
Yeah, you've got you've got a lot of stuff to make, and and where does that go to? Like, where does that turn that that point from passion and, and enjoying doing it to when you feel like you have to and you're kind of engineering it because you've been told to? And you know, I'm sure it's there's a lot of people that, that go, "Oh, I want to make content, but I don't." Or you know, I I'd love to do that, and it's like, yeah, true, I know, but um, don't don't ever let anyone fucking tell you that you have to make a video a day. Yeah, is the first thing. Yeah, thirteen don't, doesn't because everyone's listen it, yeah. to those right. people. Exactly. I do it because I want um, to. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to, that's great. Exactly. But don't let anyone pressure. I had people asking me at one point uh, to put out video, like a video a day. Um, hey, why don't you do new stuff? I'd like to hear you do new stuff. Uh, yeah, I've tried all that, and I was like, no, I don't like it. I, I do not like I it. I don't know, man. Um, I chest in a suit and uh, cool slick back hair and magic news. Do, do, do. Yeah, um, shuffles papers. Trying, yeah. trying to write a script every single day. Yeah. It, it was was annoying. And, and that's the thing. Um, Everyone's in their different patterns too. And I think that's that's what I was getting at as well. That like exactly. we all have different uh, and, flows and, and stuff. And I will stuff, say so, yeah. that at one point I did get an offer from a site that I will not disclose yeah. um, to script new stuff for them every week. Interesting. Mm. Um, and we started on the process and then I turned around to them and I went, you know what, unless you guys are paying me, I won't be doing this. I mean, you should be paid for it. Was, it was taking, well, yeah, well, there's another thing, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, but I was going to do it anyway because, and, and in with this particular website would have been very good for me moving forward. Um, and, and sometimes, and, and. Oh, no, I'm very curious about what this. website it was. Yeah, I, I was going to say, there's a delicate balance here with dangling the carrot for exposure that I know this happens a lot, but then there is, mm-hmm. of course, people should be paid what they were. Correct. Exactly. Um, the main thing here is that people are going, to, and I know there's going to be comments about this, people are going to comment on, if you're an artist, you should get paid for your art. And I absolutely wholeheartedly agree that is up to the artist. <laughs> I was going to say that. Right. I love when people say that. And now I'm like, because I, I every think of time, me as a designer and I've, I've had to do cheap or free work early on because I had to. You know I do, I do free, technically free work for wizards all the time. Yeah, exactly. I've, like, got, yeah. I've got two commander decks here right now from Zendikar that is technically payment. Yeah. It's not money. It's, it's not money. It's that payment and cards. I can't yeah. feed myself with those decks. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's still a payment, but it is not a cash payment. Wow. That that's not always the case, um, but with that usually comes some leverage on a platform. Yeah. Yes. Usually, depending on who you're dealing with, and this this particular website is very big, and would have afforded me a lot of leeway, uh, and would so, have led yeah. to me actually writing articles for them as well. So the cost analysis is actually pretty good, good, and that's where you weigh it up, yes. I guess. Yeah. That's and that's what I weighed up. At the end of the day, trying to script that stuff out whilst making my own content, whilst branching out into other content like Pokemon, it's too much. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's important to know where to draw that line. Yeah. Exactly. And and so, for that type of content, though, like, yeah. and it can be very difficult to branch out because a lot of other content creators are doing that sort of thing where they're branching out. Like, you can already see, like, one of the biggest ones in our community, Solarian Community College, they they actually, he released a video about, uh, I believe, Legends of Runeterra, that card yeah, game. Yeah, everyone joked that came out the day that uh, all the Secret Lair stuff came out, and someone's like, he's just so angry he did a video about Legends of Runeterra instead. Right, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't think he's going to actually do a video, like, like more stuff about Legends of Runeterra, but he, he obviously... Yeah. likes to reach out 
and post about other stuff. Like he, I'm pretty sure he really likes the Pokemon card game. So often, yeah, he, I was going to say that was in yeah. the video he did. I'm pretty sure, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Or is it a Yu-Gi-Oh one? Or maybe he's done both. He's done a couple of Pokemon. No, he's he's he's, Which he's really very into Pokemon. Crossover. Yeah, because he likes yeah. the model that Pokemon does, where they basically every time you buy cards, they give you free online cards. Which yes. is kind of what Magic does. Kind of. Not exactly. Very kind of. Very yeah. kind of. But, uh, yeah. So, I, but but uh, back to what I was saying, which was um, trying to break out into other content like that can be very overwhelming. Because there's a lot of things that you have to get into to do research. Uh, first of all, mm-hmm. like, what is, what is, how am I going to fit into this, you know, niche of other people doing content for this? And another thing is like, okay, well if I'm going to do this other content, how am I going to maintain my regular content? Are the people from my regular content not going to like my new content? You have to worry about all that sort of thing. Mm. Well, I mean, <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> I, and that's where I love Chesh's view on it. Cause I think Chesh has I a confidence. A I don't, which is yeah. great. So pretty much the way I look at it is if you don't like my Pokemon content, don't watch it. <laughs> it's, it's that straightforward. <laughs> like if you've come to my channel for magic, Watch the magic videos. Just ignore the Pokemon ones. Mm. As long as I've got the magic ones going on the same day as they were, I, I don't expect much backlash, right? Yeah. Because I'm not the professor. Uh, I don't have, like, a bunch of smarmy asshole magic players who are going to be <laughs> yelling at me because I'm doing Pokemon. Or, or, Which, by the way, yeah. there was, and that was ridiculous. And if you were one of those people out there, please just maybe have a look at your life because I think that you maybe need to see a therapist. Um <laughs> Uh, it's very Content easy to yell into the void for some people. are a strange yeah. breed, right? We're like artists. Actually, I am an artist, so I can say that with 100% certainty that content creators are no different from somebody painting, right? right? right. Hmm. You can't just keep fucking paint, painting portraits and landscapes all your life. Sometimes you want to go and do some sort of like post-modern punk awesome piece, right? right. You want to get a big piece of steel, you want to cut it apart you want to weld pieces on you want to put a bicycle frame up there somewhere you want to yeah. you know p- put a giant like blue eyeball in the top because it looks amazing sure. right yeah because it makes you happy mm. content creators are no different we can't always do commander we can't always do magic sometimes we want to branch out and we want to do something else the amount of times that people don't do that when they're a content creator or they create a sub channel because they're worried about how people are going to take it um, and this is no reflection, reflection between Cheshire Plays Games and Chesh Breaks, which I'll talk about in a second. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, people just need to be more accepting of the fact that we we can burn out quite easily. Mm. Um, the negativity that we face on Twitter, the negativity that we face um, from people just screaming at wizards or yeah, even other content exactly. creators. It doesn't yeah. even have to be directed like, at you. It's just a general yeah, tone we, in the air. It's like, oh, this is a bit and gross. And we see it all, I need a break. right? Yeah. Like, here's, here's my whole philosophy on the way that I create content. I already play the Pokemon trading card game, right? Mm-hmm. Some people know that, some people don't. I, I have been a top player in TCGs for the last 25 years. Pokemon, uh, Dragon Ball Z, Scorzy, um... A WWE raw deal. That's right, wrestling. Because top rope. I I love grown grown men and women and people running around, dancing with each other and actually like openly slapping each other and drawing blood. Sure, right? sure. Because it, it's exactly. not it's Who not doesn't? it's not UFC. It's not people out to fucking murder each other. <laughs> um, that is my massive difference with wrestling. Just saying. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day. These other things are also things that I am passionate about, that I want to share that passion with. And even if 
five percent of my audience crosses over, that's great for me, right? right? Because it means that I can find that five percent of the audience that I can talk wrestling with, that I can drop a wrestling joke or a Dragon Ball Z joke or a, a Pokemon reference, <laughs> and they're going to get it, you know. And that makes me happy, yeah. right? The Magic players don't have to fucking get it at all, you know. But when you're making content, one of the big problems that I see from a lot of content creators is worrying about what your audience thinks. Oh, now you massive, should like number one, exactly. And and you should to an, but to a point. Not as much as people do. Right. Like as I was saying, like the way I look at it is my card game stuff is generally speaking on one channel. My basketball and Pokemon stuff is now on a different channel. Now the reason because basketball is completely different to trading card games and I don't want to mix those two. Very yeah, I think that's a brand. Things. That's totally just a brand call. You know what I mean? It yeah, like, it, for it sure. You weren't yeah. doing because if you felt it would detract anything else, it's like no, exactly. this is and we're, I, I we're cultivating like two communities be... intentionally. Like <laughs> Exactly. And and like the magic community is so big, the basketball community is so far separated it's not fun. Yep. Oh yeah. Right? Yep. So like I've already built three times the community in basketball in in three months than i ever did with magic wow right that's no bad reflection on magic but the the comments the uh the friends that i've made the people who are contributing stuff to my channel for basketball i don't get those people in magic at all i i don't get people going hey i've got this wicked cool deck can i come on your stream and show it all <laughs> you know yeah whereas basketball i had a i had a guy come to me going Hey, I'm from this podcast and we love your stuff. Can I come on and rip some product and we can just chat? Like, or, yeah, or like, absolutely. I, I, I'm going to send you things for free. It's like, what's right. the catch? Yeah, because no, yeah, exactly. we believe in like, you. Like, what's, what's, what's the catch? There's no catch. But if you're, and, and again, no offense, Magic players, <laughs> I've never had anyone in Magic send me anything for free. You know what I'm saying? Like, even, even Wizards hasn't sent me stuff for free. There's always been a caveat to everything I've received from anyone. Mm. But in basketball, it's it's amazing because these people in my community are just like, hey man, I'm going to send you this care package. I'm not going to tell you what it's in, what's in it. Open it on mail time because I think it'd make for great content. Yeah, I've got somebody in New Zealand who's about to send me a massive parcel of all of his collection from the '90s, and he's like, I don't know that some of them are pretty banged up, but I just think it'd be cool to show off on the channel, so I'm going to send it to you because it's just sitting in my garage. I think importantly, that's you know. perspective there that it's it's not one to the exclusion of the other um, yeah. ever because I know Cheshire, you're not mm. going to stop doing magic as far as I know, um, oh, but and and still be as involved as you are in the community, but it's branching into that, and I've kind of jumped on your coattails with that because you needed someone who. <laughs> Just couldn't shut up about basketball, but I've enjoyed <laughs> it. Like, I, never, I never went. I invited into the... you on my coattails. <laughs> I, ne- I never. I like, was like, jump on my back. Let's do cool stuff. I, I love doing that because I don't view it the same way, and it's a really mm. nice perspective. I see a different, a whole different ecosystem. Um, sometimes it is really nice to see those people that send you stuff. There's still trashy people in the community. Like that's oh, that's yeah. every community. That's fine. Right. But it's it was like a redeeming thing to see. It's like oh, there's actually you know. Uh, there's some really nice people from another angle kind of thing, especially if there's a bit too much negativity going on the magic. Yeah. But saying but that, I have to also just absolutely say <laughs> I've, I've, you know, really, really remember who is in the magic community and, and how many how many great people I've met there. So I can't ever detract that and, and, and how mm. that does feel like my primary in a way. I'm hugely passionate about basketball, but it's it's, again, it's just I treat it as it's nice contrast. And I have to say, when I jump on a Monday night, I'm not stressed or anything. We're just like, oh, we just hang out and open some basketball cards and, and, and people respond to that. It's really fun. Chat. Yeah. But to turn this around, uh, back onto point, 
and and just quickly before I do this, this is going to include 13. <laughs> yep. 13 came to us and was like, well, to me, and went, you do really awesome stuff. I want to get in on it. And I've known 13 for ages. And I was like, fuck yes, come <laughs> do stuff. Because collabs are great, especially when somebody comes to you with a collab and says, hey, what have you got going on? I want to come and hang out because I, I love your work and I know that you love my work and it's a mutual respect thing, right? right. Yeah. And, and that's a big thing. Turning it back into the content thing, and, and I, I know I keep pressing this point, if you are creating five videos a week and you get to the third video and you're like, fuck, why am I doing this? <laughs> and you do it anyway, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Move it to just two days a week. Right. Find out which two days are your best days. That, that you feel better on. Uh, Monday might be like huge stress day because you come off for the weekend. Um, Friday might be your like, it's the weekend and now I feel good. Figure out your two days. Do your content on those two days, yeah. right? You're going to feel more relaxed. You're not going to feel like it's some begrudging work thing that you're doing. You're not going to feel like you're doing work for nothing. Um, and, and please, please, for the love of all that is holy, do not pay attention to the numbers. The numbers don't matter. I was going to say, look they after don't. yourself, but same deal. Yeah. <laughs> you, get 10, you get 10 views on a video, you know what? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a big deal, but I'm one of the quote-unquote premier commander players, according to Wizards and everyone else in Australia. I have videos that get like 25 views. Yeah. I have videos that get 200 views. I have videos that get five, ten thousand. There's views. other it variables, happens. exactly. And I think you, yeah. YouTube's a funky place as far as some, oh, thing, some things don't break through. <laughs> they will right. just never. And it's like you can even search something directly with the search term and it goes to show that it's other things will take precedence for very, very like varied reasons for sure so exactly so there's, there's other but, things at play yeah so that 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 actually my entire yeah, go ahead summary. go ahead oh. i was gonna say my entire summary is that every every community is different yeah right no two communities are ever going to be the same and that's fine like the magic community is very different from the basketball community and that's fine right because there are people in the magic community uh like dakota who are like the basketball community you know, mm. who who were just like, hey, I got you this like really cool present. Uh, it's a Jace the the mind the the the, the mind sculptor. Like what? what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you what? Exactly. Um, you know, like I I do have friends like that that I've met through magic. But the main the main point, and I will always stress it, is do it for you. Yeah. For you. Don't do it because you think it's going to get great hits. Don't do an outrage video because everyone's screaming about Nagan. Uh, don't do stupid like meme videos because hey that's what's all the rage and maybe I'll get the hits like if you do stuff that you think will just apply to the community that you're not passionate about that A comes through in your videos and B you are going to fall so so far from grace when everything comes tumbling down when it comes to the community moving on from that and you're still doing it and going, why am I only getting five views now? Right. And that's going to make you depressed as shit. And and I was going to say 13, you were about to say something as well, but um, that's, that's, I don't need to emphasize. That's the, I see that line being drawn for you, which in a really nice way that you get satisfaction out of doing it, having an informative view, but the underlying foundation of it is you're passionate about the game. And it's, that, that shows, like I say, you, you just notice it when, if ever that drops for someone, you're like, well, they don't really, they're not doing it because they want to anymore. So just to be a part of it. So yeah, what were you going to say before? Yeah. So, so um, 
Honestly, I can't remember what I was going to say before, but I, I know what I'm saying <laughs> now. Uh, I, I, yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about, um, yeah, just, I mean, just the basic things that I think you want to hold, like kind of tenets in your head about uh, mm. uh, making content is find what works for you and is fun, right? You don't have to yeah. concentrate on, like, 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 like what you said, you don't have to concentrate on things that are, uh, you know, what are, what are, what are other people doing? You know, uh, find your own thing that you want to do and then make it your own, make it, uh, mm. something that is uniquely yours. Uh, you can go about it in an entirely way that feels comfortable for you. So for example, like I woke up literally on Wednesday this week, literally woke up and I was like, Hmm, what do I want to do today? And, you know, I thought about, you know, okay, Magic Minute is definitely a thing that's going to happen. I want to have something out there so people can have content basically every day. Sure, whatever. But then I thought about my stream and, you know, I had been streaming some stuff, you know, that week thus far. But then I thought about the magic story and I was like, hmm, what can I do with the magic story? I could just read it. Like, you know, you, you've seen other people out there just read it on stream. Like, you've got the, the wonderfully, brilliantly talented Amy the Amazonian uh, mm. who has been doing the readings of the story herself on the stream. And I was like, you know, I could do that. But that's also just basically doing the thing that she's doing. That's not fun for me. I'm just reading the story. Like, I would have a measure of fun reading the story because I'm, I'm a pretty good orator and I, and I like to put voices for different things and stuff like that. I like to do voice acting, right. Or whatever. But what if I could do something even better, at least for me, I don't even care what other people think. I want to do it for myself. I want to experiment. I want to see if I can even do this. I have the setup. Now I have the tools. Can I, can I be creatively uh, experimental and fun? And that, I think, is an approach that a lot of people, when they make content, they don't think about. Like, do I mm. come at it in a way that, you know, kind of turns the gears in the head, kind of makes you feel like you're doing something fresh? So what I eventually came up with uh, is I did a whole bit at the very beginning of my stream where I basically did the whole story with sock puppets. I literally took <laughs> six socks from my drawer drew eyes on them took took a piece of uh uh like kleenex broke it up into bits to make it as nahiri's hair stuck it to one of the socks and i was like good golden people can understand what these <laughs> what these characters are i have one sock that literally just has the name jace on it because of course jace would put his own name on his head so other people know who he is as like an illusion or something that that was what i thought in my head at the time but it was making it easier for people to watch and figure out what was going on so, and I have pretty good comedic timing anyway, and I, and I'm pretty good at, um, uh, what is it? Uh, improv, you know? So mm. I figured, you know, I can make some stuff up and so I can make up, make time for dead air so that I'm not just, you know, constantly switching between socks and things like that. And, you know, just experimenting like that, making content that is like, I mean, cause that, that's wildly different than whatever you'll see on my channel. Uh, you'll never expect to see a sock puppet theater, of the the story from Zendikar Rising and then the last story, <laughs> mind you, not even not even any of the other episodes, just the last story, you know, uh, and it's quite hilarious. And the production value is actually pretty good comp comparatively because of all the different things that I have going alongside the sock puppets that make it look kind of legit, right? And just putting that little bit of extra touch in addition to being creative that way 
can give you a sort of satisfaction. And that that is definitely mm. the biggest part that I think that will help you stay doing your content is are you satisfied with the things that you're doing? So speaking back to Chesh and you're doing basketball and stuff like that, um, I really do think it's very important if you have other uh, passions and stuff that you want to talk about, even if you know it's going to be bigger than what your main thing that you did, or even if you don't know, you know, just being able to mm. talk about things and not feel like all of your energy is being put into one basket. And then if that fails, and you know, what do you do? Do you go into yeah, a depression? Yeah, get tipped out. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. E- Finding that satisfaction, finding fun, finding creativity that you can do uh, in your content is just really a big thing that I think a lot of people don't think about. Yes, mm. exactly. Uh, and um, so, uh, so speaking about fun, and this is pretty good too, because when I put out the weekly MTG uh, Secret Lair uh, reaction video where I basically talk over them and give my reactions, which has gotten a pretty fair amount of views too, which I'm really kind of proud of. I also know that most people are kind of tangentially aware about what else what else is going on in the world at the moment. And so that mm. is why that video's thumbnail has a Minecraft zombie on it. I thought it would be extra special <laughs> To have a Minecraft zombie uh, to, because a lot of people were very upset over uh, Minecraft Steve being put into Smash Brothers that day. Uh, But also it has the double connotation, right? Like, of course, we're talking about The Walking Dead. And it has a visual gag on it where I say they just don't listen because I'm talking about wizards. But I'm also like having a red arrow and a circle pointing to the zombie's ear as a total visual gag. So there's many different things going on there. But that's me being creative, right? That's me being fun Mm. in a way that makes me feel satisfied that I'm doing something different and hoping people might notice if they don't notice, whatever. I did it for myself, right? Yes, exactly. And I, I think that's it too. And, and you talked about it before actually being a, um, you say you're a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, me too. Um, <laughs> so I was going to say it's, it's, it's a different, it's an interesting it is line my of work passion. in that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> graphic design with, with an X in it. Um, but yes. yeah, it's, I, I've, I've had to investigate my relationship with that and, and what I get out of it and my work cultures and that kind of thing over the years in a way that, I had to realize what I was doing in my job right. was was interesting that oh, a lot of people want to do it, but it's often not what it's cracked up to be and that's fine. But there is a lot of handing over your kind of your heart on your sleeve every single day and presenting yep. that and going, this is what I, and it can be crushed. Someone could just with no, uh, what seems like no kind of rational standing or, or logic or anything can just pull it down much like content and and it's the type of thing it, it, it's it's made me investigate that a lot more and kind of hopefully get a bit thicker skinned and, and saying that the and understanding that that is not a reflection on on everything i'm doing to take critical kind of reception better than just dropping everything going stuff this i hate it I hate the world um it's also I got a great piece of advice last year. Uh, one of my friends told me one of the best things you ever do is diversify your ego and and again find those things uh, to, to kind of put more passion into rather than everything in a one. And therefore, you you just can't expect everything to deliver back. And that's that's a hard kind of lesson to learn in life, I guess. So um, yeah, you almost 
hate to make a Harry Potter fun and, and, you know, I could get into the whole thing, how Strixhaven might even be Harry Potter at this stage, who even bloody knows. But, you know, you, you're kind of horcruxing out your, uh, your, your, um, your fragility, I guess, you know, into, into other things. And, and it's, I guess that's kind of what people were saying when, like, don't put everything in a magic because what happens if it just ends tomorrow, which I don't think it will, but it, it's kind of true. Like, it's, it's fine remember why you're into things and remember why you enjoy them and just it sounds really basic but just have fun and like in in and make do the things that make you happy um because if if you're not feeling that warmth of like oh, i'm really passionate about this and it's easy uh or it's easy to kind of be happy about it then i don't know it's it's just investigate that a little bit so um what I was going to do to switch up lanes a little bit, uh, it's been actually awesome to, to kind of talk. I didn't even think we'd be talking into the, the whole... Happy! Yeah, the, the content creation thing. We've talked to a few of our guests about that, um, about what it all means and, and what does life mean when we're doing it and mental health and all that stuff. And it's yeah, it's a natural place to go and I really love that commentary about it. But uh, pulling things back around to uh, Commander a little bit before we ask you some of our, our patent and uh, questions we, we ask every one of our guests. But um, obviously, yeah, arena player quite a bit, but uh, Cheshire's told me too you've played a ton at Commander as well. You're very passionate about that as well. Absolutely. Um, you, were talk- you were talking before about um, a big uh, point of getting back into the game when Zendikar Rising came out was was equipment and, and Nahiri and I was like oh I didn't even think of that I didn't even I got a really cool foil like borderless Nahiri I'm like oh cool I'll just make a deck out of this when you were explaining that Nahiri hasn't kind of been around for a bit and like the equipment thing hasn't been around especially in like a standard format and that kind of thing it got me really thinking I've been wanting to put a uh, commander deck together yeah to use these I think Akira is a really neat uh Boros commander that has the word draw a card on it which is really cool but um <laughs> yeah is is there anything you're brewing lately or or can we um that you've got in your mind or have brewed or um any any kind of there's got to be an equipment deck somewhere here, I imagine, that could even be your... Um, do you have like a uh, an evergreen one that's kind of stuck around? So we're talking about brewing for Commander, correct? I guess so. Um, if you want to, I, I have to say that Arena deck you brewed was pretty amazing as far as um, just beating up on the Uros and, um, and, and Omnaths, but up to you, whichever one. Okay, well, I mean, for, for Standard, at least... Um, Especially after the ban with Uro, the the format has been a little bit not as bad. I mean, Omneth is still very strong, right? And uh, mm-hmm. for me personally, I typically every time I have a standard environment, I look to see, okay, are there are there pieces of equipment? Can I play them in an aggro shell? Can I make a deck that's viable with them? And I've done this multiple times, actually, over many different years. There was a uh, standard where uh, I do believe it was around Kaladesh standard, which many people will think about, oh, no, Smuggler's Copter, oh, no, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Aetherworks Marvel, oh, no. Like, think about those those times. But around that era, um, we had uh, Toolcraft Exemplar, which got bigger based on equipment that you had. You had... Uh, inventor's SRAM? goggles yes yeah, ram you know he draws cards when you play equipment when you play vehicles so there was there was kind of an engine there there was kind of a way to build a deck that made you <laughs> nice, feel nice pun <laughs> yeah yes exactly yes uh, yes, yes. Uh, there were yeah there was kind of kind of a, a setup there that you could do 
that could serve equipment. Like there was the one red drop that was like a two, three, I believe. And then you put the, uh, the goggles on it and now it's like a three, five and it becomes extremely hard to get rid of in that format. And then like the top end of that deck, I think used Archangel Avison, I believe as just a way to keep your stuff alive and stuff like that. So, um, there have been multiple ways to play with equipment in the formats, but not until Zendikar Rising has there been really a kind of renaissance, in my opinion, from mm. Wizards and their design in equipment in general. And this is quite interesting to me to, to watch and look at over time, uh, especially because... As an equipment fan. <laughs> yes. As an, as an, like, yeah. If anybody who knows me and my content, they know I'm a, I'm a very huge equipment fan. So I, I have, I've studied and done the research on stuff over time, their design uh, mechanics for equipment. And... Uh, you know, ever since they had real trouble with, you know, the swords and Batterskull and Stoneforge Mystic, they yeah. really have just, they, they're scared to put power into equipment. And they've really kind of looked for, okay, how can I make equipment better? How can, how can we do things with equipment where it's not uh, going to overwhelm the format, where everybody gets to play it, right? Because the mm. inherent drawback of equipment, yeah. The inherent drawback of equipment is they are uh, colorless, usually. So any deck can Mm. play them. Much like with Kaladesh when that released, and vehicles in any deck can play those, as long as they can, you know, do the crew value, right? Um, So... They've struggled with this for many different years. Do we include equipment, equipment as a flavor thing, or do we try to push something? And they've done, you know, rare ones over time that that have been. They've almost gotten there. For example, like in the Shadows of Our Innistrad block, they had Slayer's Plate, which was a very mm. amazing equipment that if you could do things with it uh, nicely, uh, this is an equipment that is, I do believe, three mana to cast two to three mana to equip but when it's on a human if it dies it gives it uh it makes a one one spirit and i think it also gives the uh the equipped creature plus three plus three or something like that something big where you wanted to put it on hmm. there and uh this was typically used and limited actually for that set where uh there was a um like a sneaky phantom creature that basically had like zero power but it couldn't be blocked couldn't be it had hexproof too and the idea with this creature because they had dual faced cards in that set was to flip it over and attack with it on the other side well if you actually give it the slayer's plate when it's still on its hexproof side you have a creature now that is marginally big that cannot be blocked and can basically attack every turn and people have won limited games <laughs> of that which was pretty hilarious when i learned about it so yeah that was a cool set too for yeah, sure like absolutely it was, i was just getting into the game and i was like there's actually some really interesting mechanics going on but yeah slayer's plate's funny that's in the, that's been sitting in the back of my binder since i uh, i opened it back in the day and it's like well that I, I haven't found the spot for it in Commander because right. I don't think it's a place, but yeah. Right. Um, yeah, Just, that, that, that's a really cool interaction for sure. Yeah, so so um, g- uh, getting to your uh, comment on, you know, it's sitting in your binder, that's kind of where most equipment sits now is in somebody's binder, if it, especially if it's rare and it doesn't do much. Well, you know, come to find out when they get to Eldraine, like this is, we fast forward all the way up to Eldraine and... Mm. Well, I mean, it has been a while, yeah. Yeah, and and you know they kind of experimented with with this with the Magic twenty, I think it was either twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, 
uh, set, core set, where they had, uh, I do believe, the one in a white ancestral blade that made a, yeah, made a human. Yeah, that kind of, of germ token. And there's like the, the wolf's uh, saddle yes. as well. I, I really liked that, actually. And that was a, yeah, a, a bit of a sign that was like, oh, things are changing. They're reconsidering how these work. And in other formats as well, not to just feel like I'm going to pay my three mana to dump it out and then mm. pay another three really mm-hmm. slowly next turn to do something else exactly. with it or whatever. So it was... It does something immediately, which is, I think, a really cool way to do it. Yeah, and and you can kind of see that that sort of design philosophy. It's like it's, something is going on there. They're evolving things. They're testing things mm. out. And uh, the question that I put to Mark Rosewater's Tumblr that he answered for me on his blog was, uh, are you going to be doing more colored equipment? Uh, this seems kind of interesting uh, and maybe can play into a space where you can make equipment more relevant. And his response yeah. was, this is definitely something we're exploring. And you can see the culmination of that in Throne of Eldraine release, where we got the most feared equipment in standard and other formats Ooh, now yeah. thus far in Embercleave, which I is adore that card. <laughs> is an immensely amazing card. Kind of but a flavor not miss. Broken, I don't yeah, think. it's not it's, broken. It's, it's kind of it's just enough. Like it's it's powerful, but it's not egregious. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a team or battle rage that stays around, right? And um Yeah. So you've got to jump through hoops, certainly. Like yeah. you've got to be playing a certain way and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's amazing. So so they've they've come up with the idea where like okay can we push colored uh you know equipment into a space where they can be viable because not all decks can run them now you have to be a specific mm. color and you know maybe they'll only do certain things and this philosophy has now evolved into Zendikar Rising where when they started designing equipment for this set, because they knew they wanted to have Nahiri, they wanted to have equipment go with it. Okay, like, what is the the group pairing that goes with red-white? We'll make that warriors. Oh, wait a minute, warriors want to have equipment on them. Then they come across this new design that I'm very much a fan of, and I really hope they continue doing this going forward because too, it, yeah. it, it really, really makes equipment much more viable, in my opinion, which is what they're calling on their uh, mothership. They call them snap-on equipment that's their their dev term which is basically the uh for for those who don't know the equipment enters the battlefield has a free attachment to a creature that you control it's still totally interactable uh you know uh you can react to the trigger kill the creature before it gets uh, attached i've seen that happen but uh it gives you a free equip and then they backload the cost of the equipment into the actual equip cost yeah exactly which is very good I, I love it as far as uh, and and the way I put it down to and what it's felt like you got to play with it a few times to kind of really get the way it feels I guess which is I that's a really uh, I've I've learned to kind of pay a lot more attention to that like when people say a card is clunky right sometimes it's like why that just feels that way and, right and 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 why that is and it's often where yeah it's a, it's a velocity thing like where where mana costs are situated timings everything like that but that's exactly the way it feels that it's this is naturally a uh it's it's a type of card that's generally associated with some velocity kind of oriented plays and right it, it feels a lot more fluid and it feels the way picking up an axe would and you've got a different like advantage in this battle now that kind of thing yeah, and so uh, the question was actually put again to Mark Rosewater because every time these kind of new design paradigms start showing up, 
uh, people were asking, oh, are you going to keep doing this with equipment? And then how is this going to make this any different from auras? Because auras are basically mm. uh, kind of sharing the same space now. And his response was basically, you know, now we can push auras to do a little bit more different things that, uh, you know, if they're on a creature and they're not answered, they can start generating more value, whereas opposed to equipment, yeah. it's just kind of relevant for, like, toughness and maybe keywords or something like that, right? And and, and being a liability to be two-for-one yes. is, is the main thing. I've seen them start to look at different ways, and, um, you know, there's there's a couple, of, of course, there's things like Rancor that just can be... <laughs> Well, you can't even you can't even deal with that. Like it's just as in, it's just going to come. It's going to keep repeating. And and right. I mean that's I don't think it's broken card design, but it's there's there's going to be ways to look around that for sure. Uh, to again, it seems like there's a lot of things based on avoiding feel bads uh, completely without right. breaking anything. Because yeah, that whole you can get two for one. You know, newer players might not really like that. They just exactly. want to stuff up things with auras, and then they just get hosed. So yeah, um, that's why. I- that's why I play Stifle. <laughs> yeah, stop it. You play. You play some some rather uh, targeted um, answers to things. Like I was last, asking the other day, why you put the uh, ca- counter uh, spell with converted mana cost two? Which one is it again? Um, you know which one? But uh, spell sneak. Yeah, uh, I think oh, so. Spe- and it's just specific like- counter for just countering spells with two CMC. Yeah, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. stuff your rampant growth and your signets and, and uh. everything else. <laughs> you in particular, I love it. So it's like, who hurt you, Chesh? Diabolic addict, diabolic cuter. Yeah, exactly. A oh, lot. that's a good one. Oh, that's a good that. one. I'll do that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, See how much value you can get with it. But yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so looping back around to um, the future, basically. Uh, so a lot of people are very excited, of course, for Kaldheim and Strixhaven and things that are coming out next year. I, I mean, you can get mm. really excited for the. Viking. Sorry, what were we going to say, Chesh? Vikings! Vikings, 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 Vikings. I'm actually really excited to see if they do any sort of rune magic in that set. Anything to do with snow, you know, snow permanence, maybe. That that plane is known for snow. Runes is going to have a reprint. Read the runes, yeah, exactly. I mean, there there are also... um, like rune cards that act like seals i do believe if you know what seals are they're yeah. the enchantment, enchantments that basically do a thing like a spell does when you break them uh that would be kind of interesting to see if they bring that back but more importantly we know there are dual faced cards coming in that set so a thing that has mm. been speculated on in my magic group because i have a very very close-knit friend discord that i talk to uh has been kind of a speculation of well what if they do because i mean it's very clear if it's a norse themed set they could do like god cards, right? Like we're assuming that there's going to be god cards for like Odin and stuff oh, yeah, like that yeah. in there. But what if it, they're dual-faced cards where on the back of Odin, it's like Mjolnir, the hammer, right? You know, like what, what if it's, what if it's, you know, like Thor? Still, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, like what if there's like a spear on the back of Freya or something like that? You know, there, there could be things where it's like, okay, is this or an equipment? Around. Yeah. Or, or vice versa. It goes from equipment into a creature. And then, you know, so yeah. like, yeah, yeah, oh, I, I love those. Yeah, so you know, that much. turns into like Thor, basically. Exactly, and, and this strangely, this strangely goes to um, uh, we we're talking about before, and, and and keeping you know why we love playing this game and all the creative things around it, whatever. Um, 
the 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 kind of content you've done uh, of making non legendary creatures legendary and, and ah. the, all the hypothesis that comes around there and how much fun that is to go oh what if this works and I've always wanted to do one let's just pick an, a legendary permanent rather than a, a commander and, sure. and you know you rule zero that into who can who can brew up something really funky with that and I I adore things like um, what's the what's the blade that turns into the demon I'm losing my my thing I thought Westvale Abbey would be a really funny one to brew commander deck around are you um, talking about elbrus elbrus uh elbrus binding blade of elbrus yes binding blade and of elbrus embarrassingly yeah. i only found out recently you can't really play it in an on black deck because it's still got a color <laughs> identity on the back yes yes um, it does that's fine that's fine but uh i've been brewing up something actually that it's like a cleric deck but it, it finds four distinct legendary demons in mm-hmm. you know unnecessarily hard ways like westvale abbey and elbrus and other ways and then wins with liliana's contract the if you have four demons um, anyway, that's my little RPG deck I'm going to put together. But that'd be super cool if they did, yeah, some gods uh, and you start to mess with that space a little bit, like god and um, uh, equipment. And I, I think that would be super elegant for sure. I, I, I really like that idea. Yeah, and, and like another thought that people were having, of course, is like another thing you could do, not just equipment on the other side, you could do a saga, right? Like the story of yeah. Odin and what is going on on that other side of that card. And maybe like maybe it's saga on one side and then like after the saga completes it turns into odin like it comes to life right that would be kind of cool but looping back around to actually what i'm building i I do want to build an akiri deck i do think that it's probably the most solidly like it 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 has like you said draw a card on it which in boros colors Mm -hmm. is not very often <laughs> you have to basically oh, yeah. uh kind of jump through hoops to do some card and, draw there yeah get a little bit creative uh, creative with your um your card advantage in different yeah. ways yeah but i mean with with boros now that then and, and especially because we know that the uh the uh was it the council of wizards for white at least are trying to push more card draw for white into the game and other various advantage stuff for commander like they're very aware of that and so I think you know, getting in the train early with like an Akiri or, I mean, if you even really want to, you can now play, I suppose, Rick, Steadfast Leader from The Walking Dead. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, and, and which, I mean, I mean, I looked at that card. The first thing I saw to, said to myself is, I kind of want to build a deck with this. It seems like yeah. it's going to be extremely it's good, good humans commander. Yeah. Like, it seems on curve. Like, as soon as he enters the battlefield, he'll make everything else that you've already played before get two different keywords. And if you already have three other humans, when he shows up, they all get plus two, plus two. So, like, for an aggro-style commander mono-white deck, you could theoretically hit somebody for a lot of damage on that turn. And they have vigilance, so they could just stay there to block Mm. next turn if you need to. That sounds great. Have, yeah. you, have you done much more uh, brewing in mono white? Um, I only say this because uh, I've been on the fence this week about brewing. Uh, I kind of got challenged into doing it. Got to brew um, <laughs> eight and a half tails, and oh. I think eight and a half tails is super cool. I was like, cool auras, maybe because I got all of the pieces to do it. And I was like, wait a second, you give something protection from white, and all the auras fall off. That's not very smart at all. Right. Uh, I was like, well, is it is it too easy mode to go? equipment i'm like no who cares this is mono white you're already handicapping yourself so i think my chat with you it's like i'm i'm pretty inspired actually just to jam all my equipment in there and have a bit of fun and and still find your creative cards because i think there's a lot of really interesting creative equipment out there that not everyone is playing um yeah i think one was kusari gamma i think it is there's a, uh, a the kusari gamma 
Yeah. Yeah. The one, my the friend one... gave me that. He's like, try this out. Uh, you, it's, it's a pretty funny one as far as uh, it gives a decision to the blocker in a way they probably don't want to block you. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, so, so for the, those who don't know, the Kusarigama is when you have it equipped to the creature, uh, when the creature attacks, it deals one damage to every creature that uh, I believe that's what that card does. One damage to every creature it the does, opponent blocks. If it gets blocked, basically. Yeah. Uh, if it gets yes. blocked, it will do damage uh, to everything. That much damage to each other creature. So it's like they're yes. heavily incentivized not to block. And you're heavily and, and incentivized to swing too. with Death Touch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just win. <laughs> just, like, delete them. Um, uh, so, yeah, exactly. I'm going to throw yeah. Kasari Gamma in that one. Uh, some, some, I've always loved, like, a Grappling Hook, some Scythe Claws. Uh, I love also one of my favorite cards in recent years, uh, just for, like, all-round utility has been Shadow Spear. I love yes. it. Love yeah. it so much. Uh, Such uh, a good... And, like, just... The one cost feels so good. Just dump it down. It's just there. It's it's fine. Um, and then it can just... It doesn't even have to be attached. And it can just turn off the ever-important hexproof and indestructible, get rid of a, uh, a god. So um, it's good fun. Good card. I really like that design. So, um, yeah. Uh, what I was going to get into, uh, if you're cool to do it and you, we haven't gone too long, at the end of the day, it's our podcast. And it's just whether our guests want to stick around and, and keep talking because it's been an absolute joy. Right. Um, but we've got our, our, our questions we love to ask uh, each sure. of our guests. And, and like I said, I'm going to joke about putting them in a spreadsheet or compare them all at the end for the all-important kind of guest battle. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, as always, got to say, we love to ask uh, or find out. Again, it's kind of been the theme in today's show. It's like what sure. else is in the world of, of, of this person and uh, in the mind and, and appreciate that every person is very, very interesting and there's so many influences that go into things and creative things going about. So without further ado, the first one we always ask, um, pineapple and pizza. What's the, uh, <laughs> what's the stance? So uh, this is a very controversial topic. Uh, of course, Damn straight. and and, <laughs> and only only controversial maybe in just the way of talking about taste. So I, I'm going to talk about this in a mm-hmm. different way that I think most other people would talk about. I'm sure a lot of other guests might have just said like, "Oh God, no," or "Oh yeah, sure, I'm fine with that." But I mean, I'd like to talk about this from a more research standpoint. I mean, we are the laboratory That's after right. all, and really kind of look into the analytics of taste and how people perceive taste and what is good whether or not it appears on a pizza. So at the base, typically uh, you imagine a pizza to be something to be savory, right? And then pineapple has, of Mm. course, a sweetness to it that changes the way you're having that pizza. So some people actually do like the savory and the sweet together. Uh, it creates mm, a kind of bit, about. Yeah, it's kind of a dancing about in your mouth. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's like some sort of juiciness there and maybe they feel like they're getting a little bit of like dinner and also um, dessert as well in, in each bite, which I mean, that's I'm true, sure that's, that's I'm sure that's really fun for the people that have tried it. I personally have not tried <laughs> pineapple on pizza yet. So I don't have a real rating. Now, my initial impressions are to not have it only because when I go have pizza, I'm looking for that savory first and that's what I'm trying to go for. So 
this also goes back into my own personal preferences, which is perfect for this question, which is I'm actually a very big spice head. I love extremely spicy things. And I go for that adrenaline rush when I like to eat spicy food. So, of course, I like Indian curry or I go for extremely spicy uh, ramen at uh, very fancy Mm. ramen places. Uh, I have at least 10 plus different sauces that are currently available at my residence. So, you know, I have a varying variety of different levels of spice and flavors, you know, something a little bit more Caribbean or something that's just straight Mm. spice, right? So I go for that when I go for my pizzas and I don't typically think about the sweet. Now, I'm willing to try it if only for the sake of the research like do i like it right (laughs) basically yeah so i can have that opinion so i mean my initial reaction is no i would not eat it because i want to have the savory first and have the sweet later because i typically like to follow up my meals with like you know a little bit of something sweet like a cookie or ice cream or what have you but i'm willing to try it and i think honestly more people could probably learn with pineapple on pizza to have kind of an open mind well, exactly right, like rather than closing that door because, I mean, like a lot of things, you might have had a bad experience or something or just have a perception of it that is not. Um, and I, I was or gonna maybe say, you have an allergy. Oh, that, exactly. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, just saying. I was going to say too, it's, um, it's funny. Uh, I mean, you can't pe- really have I, an I open mind about an allergy. Juice. I I can drink pineapple juice. I can't eat pineapple juice. Yes. But you can have- so you can have ramen pizza, can't you? Yes. That was a whole other thing. That wow. Was, yes, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, Chesh had ramen pizza. Yeah, you're going to have to eat him up about that Very story. Good. That was good. That was do, good. You have, do you have yeah. pictures? Um, no, so... Uh, no, I don't. Because it was always back from <laughs> oh, okay. when I was in what you would perceive as college right. and we perceive as university. Right. Um, I have a weird allergy where I can't... There's something about the fibres of pineapple. Mm, yeah. Um, and I, I've actually since found that there are a couple of people out there that are the same. Oh, okay. You can drink pineapple juice, right? right? No negative effect. But if you consume pineapple, like the actual pulp of right, a pineapple, the fibers mm-hmm. of it. Um, you get ulcerations in your mouth, oh, yeah. um, makes you bleed, and can send you into anaphylactic shock. Oh, yeah, please don't do that. Don't. No, that's not good. Which doesn't make sense, <laughs> right? Right. Because you would, you would think if I can ingest... The non pulpy uh, uh, liquid, then I should be able to eat well, the fucking pizza, yeah, the, the fucking pineapple. It right? shows it's all that pulp stuff, and it's like yeah. the, it's it's probably the itchy fibers that just react with your, your, your throat or something. And so. and if you have a minor allergy, you'll know this because those quote unquote itchy fibers, that's what it's like for you. Because <laughs> I've also spoken to other people who have been like, oh, I have a mild reaction to pineapple; yeah. it makes me go red and flustered. Mm. I start sweating profusely. <laughs> And my mouth goes oh, yeah, in, yeah. incredibly itchy. I was going to say. And I'm like, well, because I never knew this, right? All I knew was about my allergy, yeah, right? Yeah. But once I started talking about it with people, they were like, you know, I found people that, that had the same allergy, people who had like offshoots of that allergy. And it's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not just, well, I mean, I am weird, but I'm not just the only weird person. Yeah. <laughs> and it can feel good to uh, learn I, about I, that, I, right? I think, yeah. Mm. I think you've uh, completely debunked it. Then that it's it's totally a uh, totally a thing. So good investigative uh, kind of discussions there, guys. That's good. <laughs> Jess, you got the next one. Ready, real. Uh, all right. So pet card in Magic that you love that may not be whiz bang the best, but it's just something close and, and dear to you for whatever reason. Oh. That's not Nahiri in this case. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I mean, yeah. Nahiri. 
Just to make it hard. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be very easily... I could very easily say in a Hiri card that is true. However, this actually was going to be something that I was going to bring up earlier about uh, because you talked about you were going to build uh, Eight and a Half Tales uh, from Kamigawa. Yeah, yeah. And my favorite commander that I actually love to play that still throws people for a loop every single time I bring it to the table is Opal Eye, Kanda's Yojimbo. Oh, cool! So... Yeah. Opalai Kanda's Yojimbo, if those people who have never heard of this card, is a one and a two white legendary creature fox samurai uh, that is a one four that has defender. So already you know that this card is not going to kill you in combat. Uh, that also has Bushido, I believe, of two or one. Uh, but it has an ability on it that is very interesting, that is wholly unique in the game that can uh, change the dynamics of a lot of games if you use it correctly, which is tap, redirect any damage from a source, choose a source, uh, redirect any damage from that source to Opali. And then uh, its other ability below that is one in a white, you can prevent one damage that be dealt to Opali. So you, if you have enough mana, you can prevent the damage that's incoming. One of the very unique things about this card uh, about that ability where it can redirect sources of damage is number one it's not targeting it's choosing a source so you can you can get around mm. hexproof uh uh things that people are like well they're you know and this is in commander games where oh well no this is hexproof well you know opal i can take that damage or something that has actually come up which is very cool uh if you can get any sort of way to get uh, opal i to get indestructible or ways to prevent damage that be dealt <laughs> yeah. to it, you can actually tap target, not target, of course, but choose the source, the source being Blasphemous Act, and you actually take all the damage that would be dealt to all other creatures from Blasphemous Act directly onto Opali, which is an amazing feat that looks like something out of Avatar The Last Airbender where you're just yeah, sucking in all the fire. It. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very very fun i've done it before in commander where somebody thought they were going to wipe the board and blasphemous act just gets eaten up by opali and they're like wait what like yeah that's what it does <laughs> and it makes and everyone it do a double celebrates take. it's like yeah. ah he saved everyone yeah. yes so that's, th that's great buying yeah. favors yeah so of course you know being mono white and of course this commander i haven't played uh, in a little bit and and i i would love to play this commander on like a commander crunch like video where we all do a, a commander game uh but yeah so i i it's mono white right so it's not exactly as viable as the other colors it's getting better it's actually optimal but it's right. it's a lifestyle choice and i right. think that's it it's it's i've learned more that it's like well what you're representing at the start of the game is it actually has a non-zero amount of stock and uh i mean the reason i play commander is to play the cards that people go Wait, yes what what's that card that's the you know that's the pure joy i get out of it and it's this just makes me so happy to see uh, there, there, there's so much of, you know, you, you play Commander the way you want to play. That's fine. And, right. But there's so much of the discussions. This is a strictly better card. No, you just need to be playing this one. It's like, no, I don't. I want to play what I want. Um, and again, like going back to, we had a conversation with Davey last week and that was a massive part of what we were talking about. And he got really passionate about that. It's just like, I'm sick of people telling me what cards are to play. And they're like, oh no, your deck's wrong, blah, blah, blah. And that's another thing about uh, that happens a lot to, to creators we watch. Um, you know, they're on stream, they're building something, they're playing someone, uh, and, and someone just from nowhere in in chat just starts to like have this condescending. You know, no, this is this is strictly wrong. You should be playing mm -hmm. this. And it's like go away. Like this is 
creative format. Like we want to do what we want. So, right. um, yeah, all power to you, Opal. I, I love that. <laughs> I also saw Defender was so lost on that text box. I really had to search for it for a second to the point where, like, why did it actually, it has Defender. Where's Defender? I couldn't see it. And it's just like hidden. There's a, yeah, next to Bushido one. Yeah. So um, yep. interesting. Uh, yeah. So it does have Bushido one. That was right. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, that's, it's super cool, super cool. <laughs> it's a very flavorful card. Uh, so I always play that deck as kind of um, like Opali is protecting me. I am technically yeah. the commander and Opali is the person that is, you know, stopping other people. Ooh. I mean, you can play it Pillow Fort. I play it in a kind of a mix way um, that, yeah. that uh, you basically kind of build up your threats. Opali can protect you from taking damage until you're ready to attack and then go the offensive, right? Yeah, I love that to bits. And like for the uh the eight and a half tails build, I was like, well, what'd be really fun to like just just suit up and then protect something crazy like a Sarah Avatar or a uh like Evra, uh Halcyon Witness. I love that one. Oh, like exchange yeah. your life total with the and, and just go for the one shot and be hilarious, you know, good fun. But I know what you mean, like the whole going the full pillow fort route doesn't really appeal to me. I like some protection, but it's uh, I don't I don't want to just do nothing and sit here and fold my arms the whole time. But uh right. Again, spice, spice to taste and uh, play play how you want to play. So I love that choice so much. That's really, really cool. Um, just just quickly, yeah. uh, talking about spice to taste, uh, not, that it's, it's, uh, not that it's part of this conversation, technically speaking, <laughs> but something, going back to something else. Uh, Lakers are currently winning with uh, three minutes and 12 seconds left. Uh, just thought I'd game two. Yeah, okay. <laughs> how much by? Uh, at the moment, by like 11 points. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think the Heat are pretty amazing and resilient, but, uh, yeah, Lakers may have this one. Oh, well. Anyway, moving on. Um, anyway. I don't want to hear more about Lakers. Thanks, Josh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Crossover content. Um, what's that? Crossover content. Yeah, exactly. See, we're, we're, we're putting the, uh, the feels out for our, our crossover fans um, <laughs> to nerd out about stuff. So, Come join my group breaks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag subtle. Um, who, who would you most like to have dinner with, dead or alive, real or fictional, or have a drink with or whatever? Just spend some time with. Oh, and this is, of course, not just Magic the Gathering, right? Exactly. Not We've had some good Magic the Gathering answers, but um, the yeah historical ones, especially like Da Vinci's a really interesting answer. Um, uh, Sheepwave said anyone at all at this stage. Um, <laughs> that's I mean, true. that's fair. That's entirely I fair. I love that answer. Uh, so a, a very, a very. Uh, I mean, I could go kind of personal with this answer where I would think it would be kind of interesting to, I don't know, maybe like just pick the brain of one of my favorite artists um mm. one, of, one of my favorite artists male artists is uh jamiroquai uh so oh, cool. a very very funky sound to that uh band and that of course is run by the main artist who does the singing which his name is jk and mm-hmm. um he i think would be very interesting to kind of sit down and like just kind of say like well how do you do your creative process like how do you get set up where you think about like how do you want this next album to be what's the concept behind it how how do you get yourself off the ground and especially that would tie back into like i said personally setting up you know content creation and stuff like that now if we Mm. wanted to talk about something that's a little bit less personal but just kind of like oh man i would really love to sit down with this person and talk to them and this might be a little bit too somber for this podcast but i think i would really 
really enjoy sitting down and having a nice dinner or chat with Robin Williams. Um, you know, just in general, being able to talk to him um, and see how he's doing, you know, just maybe kind of being there for him, especially where, you know, he just had those troubles all the way up to where he died. And, you know, how mental health is so very important in our lives. Um, you know, I feel like just being able to communicate with him and see where he's feeling and just kind of be a friend, not even really just kind of, you know, oh my God, I really want to, you know, meet you because you're famous, but just being a friend to a person where they don't even have to worry about being a celebrity. They don't have to worry about anything else besides just chilling, enjoying the day and, you know, being alive. That's not too simple. That's, that's actually exactly the kind of thing that we're looking for. Because mm. at the end of the day, like, you, you can say a historical figure till the cows come home, but if it's something that you're extremely passionate about, that's what the discussion is all about. I absolutely agree with you. I think that, like, knowing because, and, and I, I can't remember what I've talked about it on, but I know I've talked about this before, like, it's now being known uh, where it wasn't before that Robin Williams is actually a massive fucking nerd. Like we all knew because of Zelda, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the fact that he, he used to talk about his quote unquote dolls. Now he did collect um, like uh, civil war era, like uh, soldiers basically and stuff like that. Like you'd find like in some of the movies he did <laughs> those kinds of soldiers, like, you know, the, the very cool, like civil war era um, toys oh, cool. essentially that he calls dolls. But he also played miniatures. Like, he played 40K and stuff like really? that. Really? So, like, being, yeah, being able to, like, jam a game of 40K with him would have been, like, could you imagine? Like, because if you've ever seen any of his serious stuff, and I, I imagine that absolutely you would have, he is so fucking focused when he's doing, like, full-on serious acting. Mm -hmm. You imagine if that transferred over, and it would have, into him playing you know those hobbies 40K, yeah. like that serious face it's just like that would have been amazing just to you know get a game in just to like hang out and and just like hang out with him as a person um and and you're right like the whole you know i don't want to hang out with this person because they're famous i want to hang out with them because i think they'd be you know like a good time and it would be great to like actually know them for who they were not you know who who they were on the screen mm, yeah because <laughs> like, people are very different in real life right. um it, it, mostly mostly like robin williams as it's now known uh in his his personal life um was very very different to what he was on screen sometimes uh, but only sometimes yeah so i mean you're you're, you're not wrong uh you know being able to uh, be closer to someone like that in a way that makes me maybe makes makes it feel more meaningful to them. Um, you know, at least making that sort of difference to somebody's life on that sort of you know intimate level, I think, is very you know it's 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 part of the reason why we talk to each other. Like we do these podcasts together, or we try to reach out to other people in the community. We want to be able to make that difference for the people that are around us, right? Exactly. Um, and, and that's like, uh, see, the Robin Williams thing makes it hard as well, because I guess it depends in which point, at which point of his life you would want to hang out with True. him. And, and I say that very honestly, because 
Yeah, and it, it's hard because it's like we know he he took his life because he was starting to lose what he considered was his best asset, which is his mind. Right. Um, and and I think that like getting to know him, maybe maybe just before the diagnosis had hit, probably would have been like good. Um, but trying to get him to know to know him after that, he would have just been like. I can't even imagine. Like, you just would have been broken. Right. Um, and that's that's really super sad. Yeah. I, I, th- I think... Super, 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 super yeah, sad. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely, like, a point you would want to do it at. And then, you know, like, if you had to come in later, you could be a little bit more delicate about it and stuff like that. So, um, hmm. yeah, that, that's, that's definitely something worth looking into. So, uh, moving on to the next question. Uh, what's your video game Hall of Fame... So what is what is your most favorite video game of all time? Oh, that is a very interesting question. Uh, so I'm the type of person where I actually... A lot of people can ask me the same question of other various things. They say, like, what's your favorite TV show? Or what's your favorite movie? And I'm not the type of person that I hyper-focus on those things very much. Um and it's very strange. I mean, maybe it's because I've already, I already have something that I hyper focus on, which of course is equipment and magic, and <laughs> everything else just kind of falls by the way. And like, I mean, there are movie series that I would say that are in higher echelons that I really enjoy. Like, I'll enjoy the Matrix movie series. You know, like I, um, I'm really into you know like DC comics uh, uh, movies and stuff like that. But if we're talking about video games. Um, it really kind of comes down to experiences and what I've mm. enjoyed and what has really stuck with me. And I have to kind of list things. I enjoy listing things as opposed to keeping like, oh, this is the main thing. I have to play this one game. And there's many different genres I could talk about. Uh, action games, MMOs. I could talk about, um, you know, other various styles of games that have really resonated with me. But if I had to say... And this is this is linked back into more personal things. But if I had to say uh, right now, in my mind, what is the best video game that I think has made an impact on my life rather than is it the best game? Because there are a lot of games that I could say would be the best game that I've played recently or at least within the past 10 years, like Super Mario Galaxy or Breath of the Wild or you know any of the games that you would find on top 10 lists. For me, personally, the game that has made the most impact on my life has been Ring Fit Adventure. Oh my and god, I, yeah. Good choice. And I Good have choice. to say this because um, it intersects with your life in a way that once you get it going and once you, you make it a part of your life and make that change to you know better yourself, it really integrates itself so much that you feel like you're doing something very important. Like you're playing a game, but you're also working on your body. Like you're like leveling up your body basically because it's an RPG and, and RPGs it are one of the, the things that I'm really into. In, in a way, yes. you know, it's, yeah. it's really interesting. And, and then you'll get, you'll be getting the stats as well, which I find hugely <laughs> satisfying in that game. Yes. And it's like, oh, I'm actually really interested in doing all this now for sure. So, um, oh, I, I love that choice. For, like, I think it's an important game as far as what it's done for what a game can be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I root for this game all the time, especially like seeing how much it sells. So like, you know, it was stuck on 
uh, production during the whole pandemic because of COVID issues, I'm sure, and mm. tons of other ways where every time it was available, it got sold out. And, you know, I picked it up last August, right, when it launched. And not too, people, too many people were like, oh, well, I don't know if this game's going to do well. You know, maybe it's not as good as Wii Fit or what have you. But once those supply issues got fixed, like, you can even see, like, you can go look on the last, like, uh, sales for last month. And it's up there. It's always mm. consistently up there. It is, it is appealing to a group of people. And this is, you know the type of core casual conversation we had earlier where it's appealing to that kind of crossover appeal where core players want to get into it because of the RPG and then casual players are like, well, I want to play a game, but I also want to work on myself. And it hits mm. that right in the correct spot. Yeah, I think too, and, and, and a, a common issue with uh, bettering your life with exercise, things like that, uh, with especially, I hate to say it, the crossover nerds, because um, I'm in this camp and... I have to say I can naturally keep fairly fit, which I think is I don't take for granted and um, I don't, <laughs> don't, I don't abuse my metabolism or all that stuff. But right. I, I know that like I, I only sometimes feel like going for a run. It's like is there something mm-hmm. to it? Like you, your mind needs some, some kind of weird reason to do it or stimulation, which I, I will also argue. It's like well, the whole point of going for a run is to, to – cleanse your mind of everything close all your your tabs and your cache and everything like yeah that's that's your the real life equivalent of it and and so but the 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 reason why and to get started is often the hardest part and and that i think yes. ticks that box really really well um without saying and that's the thing too it's easy as i hate to say too like it's it's easy as a kind of analytical uh bit of a nerd that kind of thing and and whatever to go going to the gym doing anything making an, an action like that i don't know I, this there's got to be other people who think this way but it's like all of a sudden when you're like oh i'm gonna make a change you just suddenly have these visions of like i'm gonna be ripped and like massive and all this stuff you know, <laughs> like be really good at it and just like and then get really upset when it's not happening or you yes. know like you, you, you just want to min max everything um yep. And, and, and so you just kind of like, ah, oh, well, I, I don't know. You just bounce off a little bit. This kind of shores that up and go, well, there's a game to it. Don't think about it too much. Like, or just enjoy playing the game. Uh, and guess what? You actually, what I love, it teaches you good technique. Like, and there's, yep. there's, there's, there's really important things for going. This is actually what exercise is doing. And it's explaining the why. Whereas I think a lot of people in, our, in, in, in the nerdy space would be like, oh, well, I, I mean, personally, this is the way I work with most things. I can be told to do something ten times, but I want to know why. Like, like what's right. what's it doing? And and this does a really good job of explaining what it's working, how many you need to do, how hard you worked, then the stats to back it up, and how many calories. Right. And it's like, ah, that's that's what I want to see, which is really cool. So, like, yeah. detailed information is very good there. But another thing that I think that uh, a lot of these other kinds of exercise, kind of gamification things don't really do that this does extremely well and this is probably just based off of nintendo themselves being very good at doing this they encourage you a lot in ring Mm. fit adventure they they give you encouragement from the person that's helping you ring talks to you the whole time saying great you've done great uh all the different messages try to try to let you feel that what you're working toward even though it's taking longer it will be great once you get there so it gives you that kind of encouragement to to be like well i know this is going to be more of a marathon than a sprint 
but at least this game doesn't like it doesn't stop saying okay you can do it you can do it right and and every time you keep hearing that if it's repetitive you start to believe it yeah for sure and i was gonna say it's it's also side note too a beautifully designed game in the ui and the um yeah the kind of the graphic design so yeah for sure <laughs> love that choice so much dude that's awesome um next one there we've got is what have you done chesh uh yes uh mm-hmm. cool cool cool. that's the question <laughs> wait what's that no no that's <laughs> the question what have you done chesh <laughs> I know, I know it's a long episode. We're, we're kicking on, but we'll, um, we might wrap up with the last few. But um, very quickly, give us a uh, recommend us an album. Oh, recommend you an album. Well, I have just listened to currently the latest Neil Cesariga, uh, Mouth Dreams. I think that's how you say his last name. Uh, but uh, so if you've never heard mashup albums before, uh, I would definitely start with maybe like Mouth Moods. That's probably the best mm-hmm. one to get into. But I've heard uh, of this basically, somewhere. yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, just a quick quick rundown. It's basically uh, popular tunes you may have heard if you're a millennial, like growing up in your 30s or what have you. Uh, popular tunes from like the 80s, 90s, and the sometimes the, the 2000s that are kind of just basically, basically mixed together in ways that are either aesthetically pleasing, turned into memes, or just so laughably, laughably, laughably bad that you just want to <laughs> keep listening. Dig it. That's great. I'm going to look that up now, actually. Um, best magic art in, oh, in your best. mind. And, and again, it's, it's, it's the pet card thing. It's like, it doesn't have to be objectively best. Uh, artistic merit, all that. What's your favorite? World Slayer. Yeah. It's also a weapon of an equipment, too. Good time. <laughs> it's just like, who, who put this sword here and why is it like the size of a building? Uh, it's it just the combination of everything about that card. Like, you're not even just the art. Uh, it's just like, there's this sword here. It's got steam coming off of it, basically. Like, something <laughs> has just happened in the art, right? Something has happened. And just, I, I really love the name of it, too. It's something that just, like, when you hear it, it feels like it should be, like, a legendary equipment world slayer, right? Like, that yeah, just, world just comma sounds slayer. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, that's excellent, yeah. and there's no birds for scale or anything, so that's that's where my my mind goes. Like, how big is this thing really? Or <laughs> uh, is the Lord of the Rings thing where it, it kind of shifts and, and expands right. and, and contracts for for its user? And so it's currently a, a god sword at the moment. But uh, yeah, that's that's right. a fun time when you resolve that. And I don't think it's um, <laughs> I don't know. We can talk into uh, how 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 much you can get away with. Um, destroying lands and things like that in commander but i think there's a time and a place and it can be a good fun time so um yeah interesting um recommend us a movie is a good one. Oh, recommend you a movie well actually um this might be interesting for you and chesh uh specifically because you're australian so mm-hmm. uh after this i'm going oh god it's gonna be the castle <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. gonna be what <laughs> <laughs> the castle. The castle. No, 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 no. Uh, I mean, this is this is definitely something that is American. So that that's why I'm recommending it. Uh, it's u- uniquely American. But um, I'm going to be watching this after this podcast. Uh, and this is actually a movie that I initially, when I was growing up, had paid no attention to because I didn't care. But I think I, at my age now, I think I would be much more interested in watching and, and kind of having fun with it. But it's uh, been recommended to me uh dave which is uh, a 1993 movie about uh a presidential impersonator 
actually having to take over for the president after he suffers a stroke, the United States president. Oh, interesting. (laughs) It is a comedy movie, so Mm -hmm. it it is definitely there for laughs, but it is very fun because, uh, like, this person... And I think the joke in the movie is that this person is literally the same actor for the president and also the the other character who impersonates them, so just to make it even funnier... (laughs) But um, yeah, a whole so like trap the, situation. Yeah, exactly. Yes, so this person who's never actually elected to president office has to basically fool the American people into thinking that they actually are the president. Which is, you know, I, I really want to see how that plays out. I wasn't that interested when I was younger. I'm super into it now. So. Oh, wow. And, and shenanigans ensue. But uh, yeah, yes. I've actually found myself recently watching a whole bunch of 90s movies. Maybe it's a, uh, a kind of uh, a grasp for nostalgia and, and you know, when, when the world right. was a little bit normal. But uh, yeah, oh, I definitely want to watch this. This is great. Sigourney Weaver's in it. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, where have we got? I lost my notes. Where are they? Here we are. Uh, here's an here's a interesting one. Uh, we talk about crossing over in different IPs. Uh, sure. Definitely a lot today. Um do you have a Pokemon you resonate with? Oh, so uh, this is a very easy question to answer. So, and, and I'll give a little bit of a history here too, just just for some more personal thoughts about me. So, growing up in high school, I actually had a friend group that were into Magic: The Gathering. Later, we were into Pokemon first, uh, middle school into high school actually. But so uh, for for yeah for the. The U.S. middle school is, I believe, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, and then high school is nine through 12. Uh, mm. So middle school, um, I had friends that we were really into Pokemon when it first came out. I'm kind of old. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> yes, and so we all decided to, and because and my group of friends were four people, including myself, decided to make ourselves the elite four. Uh, uh and we all staked out uh, uh, a Pokemon type that we wanted to be. And I really resonated with, from Red and Blue, Dragonite uh, yeah, from that list cool. of Pokemon. Nice. So Dratini, Dragonair, Dragonite. So Dragonite was one of my favorites because it really kind of felt like its own thing as opposed mm. to like Charizard is trying to be a fire dragon. And, you know, like you have some other Pokemon that are like, you know, they're trying to be this or they're trying to be that. But Dragonite is just a dragon flying yeah. type Pokemon that is just, ha- it has its own identity. It's this big kind of dumb, lovable idiot that can fly extremely fast. Uh, and He's so you know, cuddly. And it, it, it felt like, I know what you mean, it feels like Eldrazi in a way. It was yeah, kind of yeah. transcending the, uh, the color spectrum, I guess. Yeah. And it was just extreme. It's extremely strong. Like in that game, it, it's hyper beam could kill everything in one shot. Um, and, you know, I was just, I was into it. It was strong and it was also kind of, you know, f- fun to look at. You know, like it was, it was kind of cuddly. Mm. And I like that kind of uh, dichotomy with uh, characters where like they have a soft side, but they can also be strong when they need to. You can beat wholesale ass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Chesh, I remember getting my, uh, when the Pokemon movie came to cinemas and I got my Dragonite promo. Um, <laughs> I, I remember that. I, uh, I don't know where that is, but uh, um, yeah, they're probably worth nothing. Okay. So I think everyone knows that I'm pretty anti-drug at this point, right? Sure. Yeah. I, I just want to put this out there before I say what I'm about to say. I was like, What's, um, what relevance does this have? Be, this is great, but yes. <laughs> I used to smoke a lot of cigarettes. I used to drink a lot yep, of whiskey. Sure. Okay, let's get that out of the way. Um, so, Pokemon 2000 was a, a very interesting movie. Yep. 
uh, because a lot of us went because we were play- both playing Magic and Pokemon, and we wanted the promo because the promo was going to be very hard to get and very mm-hmm. expensive, um, and we, we knew that going in, so we all went. Um, if you never saw the theatre release of this, you probably, I don't know if they kept it in the credit roll for DVDs and for TV, um, but this was the wrong movie to be eating hash browns before, oh. uh, especially <laughs> the amount I had consumed of, of edibles. Oh. Um, oh. And especially considering that at the very start of the movie, and I think 13 just triggered there on what, what I'm about to say, the movie credits open with Pokemon rolling around the screen saying their names. <laughs> and I, I particularly was like, I know my brother made these hashies. Uh, I, I know he likes to make them like really fucking potent, but did he slip acid in here? Cause I feel like I'm having Whoa. a massive acid flashback. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. Wow. Like, <laughs> like just rolling around the screen, lots of flashes and color. Like and we're I was not like, having fun anymore. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, I'm really baked. I'm so baked. <laughs> So wow. yeah, oh, that's so good. I did not. I did not think my Pokemon story was going there. That's awesome. I, I'm sorry to trigger that that oh. response in you. Yeah, no, that's all right. It's it's the one thing. Every time somebody mentions that movie, I have flashbacks yeah. to it, and I'm like, it, it started originally because it was mentioned years ago on um, oh, what was I on? I think it was a, a streamed tournament somewhere, um, and we were we were doing Pokemon. Uh, and I was playing in the tournament and it was finals. And somebody said to me like, Hey man, before we start, do you remember the Pokemon 2000? Oh, no, <laughs> don't. And it, it, it started there and I was like, Oh, holy shit. I do. But I think that I might've just been having like a really bad acid flashback. Yeah. And he looked at me and went, what? <laughs> and I went, yeah. Cause like the whole start of the movie, like the, the start credits were all the Pokemon's rolling around the screen saying their names. He's like, Oh no, that oh. happened. And I was like, and all those years, I had just thought that I was like I had had some sort of like massive uh, PSV dreams, and yeah, no, there was actually they were just completely normal brownies. They were fine. <laughs> yep, yeah, that yep, that completely normal, absolutely. Going to that mm-hmm. movie was actually quite, quite. Uh, it was quite exciting because that was the one where the promo cards were Moltres, Articuno, and Zapdos. Correct. Uh yes. So. Yeah. Uh, was it? I, I think it was. You could actually one, get dra- one of each. The, the Dragonite one I was talking of was, I think, the first movie was the it first one. Yeah, so, because that yeah, one, that exactly. one, you could also get the the uh, ancient language Mew card. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, first movie. Am I thinking it might have been 1999? Actually, I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. Came yeah came came out here 1999 was released in 1998 overseas. Um, uh, let's see, promo card. I don't know why my brain always tells me that it's like Pokemon 2000. That's not correct. Um, and then and 2000 needs, needs was the, the prices of cards. I could swear that the promo for the mo- the first movie, the Black Star promo, was Mewtwo. Uh, um, yeah, and maybe Mew was the uh, get from the it. shopping center or something like that. The the thing that was out of my no, reach. The shopping the shopping center was Pikachu. Uh, yeah. It was the Pikachu Your set. encyclopedic the knowledge of Pokemon is a little bit astounding, <laughs> Chesh. Uh, hey, hey. I guess look, we do this magic too. Look. Like I, I remember all this dumb stuff that's like 
Well, sometimes I don't, mm. but yeah. Right, um, and you can here we go. you could always so task the first me. Movie, yeah. yeah, all right, so I was right. The first movie was Mewtwo, uh, Dragonite, yes. Pikachu, and Electabuzz. Okay, yep, mm. Electabuzz was the one people just hated. Because a lot of us complained that there was two electricity <laughs> yeah, why did Electabuzz get a, 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 a chime in there? It makes exactly. no why did, sense. Why did Dragonite? Who asked for like, Electabuzz? Why wasn't it Charizard? It should have been Mewtwo... Charizard, Pikachu, Squirtle. Yeah, time, time to send a, le- a letter to Wizards sellers. of the Coast because <laughs> that was doing it back then. They they clearly had no idea what they were doing. Just ask anyone who's trying to play the game in Australia. Yeah, exactly. And now, to, it's fast forward 2020, they're printing Walking Dead cards. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. I mean, fun fact with, with Pokemon about that too, right about that time when Wizards was still managing the cards, like they did stuff that I don't think would, po- I don't think it would probably even do today, which was like, you know, like Christopher Rush drew a Mewtwo card from Mewtwo promo card mm-hmm. which was you know just like it had been unheard of at that time that a an American artist did art for a Japanese card game like it just mm. nobody thought that that would be the case yeah interesting oh yeah look at that now far out <laughs> yeah we crossovers for sure um good one to finish on 13 um sure in just a few words to wrap it all up, this this magnificent mm. conversation and everywhere we've been, <laughs> in just a few words, what does magic mean to you? Mm. Magic is creativity. No matter what you decide to do with magic, no matter what way you decide to engage with magic, there's always a way to find your place in magic, mm. whether it be through the customization of how you play the game itself, commander, standard, modern, what have you, or the cards you play in those formats, whether what colors you decide to use or no colors at all, creativity to me is magic. I love that. And that was so well spoken that in a way I can put that in the supercut now, actually, I think. And yeah, use it as a promo for our show. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing yeah, exactly and that's that's what i have to keep reminding myself to and and if in doubt which actually you know what it's pretty strong i don't i don't feel that in doubt very much ever but why why do i make decisions why do i play the things i do and why do i enjoy it and keep going back to it it's creativity yeah for sure i love that so um yeah it's uh it's been an awesome time 13 we've as i said we've gone through many uh many realms and, and different territories and and as is the nature of our show and, and, and kind of what we've just found. Uh, I was going to say a niche because other people do this too. It's fine. But um, sure. we're, the, we're the Australians doing it. And I think sometimes people enjoy that. They find it a fun novelty, I guess. Um, yeah, it stands out. It, we've found it's, it's, it's what we love to do exactly like we were, we were talking about before. And, and we, we do sometimes episodes with just Cheshire and myself because uh, we still want to do one a week. Um, and it's never because we feel we have to. Uh, because we want to, that kind of thing. But yeah, our, our favorite time is to get people like yourself on and, and just see what happens for a, you know a few hours and, and, and see what we talk about. And, and you know we have our general themes, but it's kind of just I'm happy to see where the conversation goes. So you have my eternal gratitude. It's been absolute ball, and I'm so happy that you're back in the uh, back in the community um, again. I have no, I, I, I don't, I wasn't really around. I think when um, as much in the community when uh, when you were last time, but and I know. Jish um, has a lot of gratitude for you as well, and um, is stoked to see you back. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, Chesh, but I'm, I'm sure you'll agree for sure. So <laughs> no, that's pretty much that's pretty much sums it up. Like, I mean, thirteen already yeah. knows. Um, you know, any time that thirteen says 
hey, let's do content, I'll be like, fuck yeah, let's yeah. do content. Um, we've we've done stuff in the past, you know, we've been on like commander streams together and yeah. stuff. So you know, there's, we're always going to have that crossover, which you know, I am I absolutely adore that. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it is good, absolutely, to have you back in in a capacity that's you know you making content again. Um, and obviously we'll be dragging you into a command of the distancing as, as soon as the, uh, we can figure that one out, which I think is like two weeks time, I think, but I don't remember. I think we started scheduling something. We might've scheduled something. Uh, I didn't pencil it down anyway. Cause I'm, I've been real busy, but, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll figure and it out. I think on, on top of that too, I'll, um, I'll probably hit you up personally for some, um, some off stream commander as well, which I've been trying to tee up with a, a few friends and stuff. But whenever, whenever you feel like, um, if you've got a camera set, set up or whatever, but yeah, I've, I've found recently I'm playing more Commander than ever, thankfully, uh, which is a, a strange byproduct of these times. Um, but it means <laughs> I get to get to play Commander with with people on the other side of the world, which I think is is pretty amazing. So, um, yeah, without further ado, yeah, again, thanks so much for um, for for uh, sticking around and, and telling us all the stories and point of views you have because uh, you know they're always great. Um, but yeah, where can the people find you? Ah, yes. So if you'd like to find me at various different places that I have my content, of course, I am most active on Twitter. So that'd be twitter.com slash Riptide Pro Lab. Uh, you can also find me streaming every Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's U.S. time. Uh, that would be uh, twitch.tv slash Riptide Pro Lab. And then, of course, I have my own YouTube channel where I put either VODs of my Twitch on there or my own special content that I decide to put on the channel and that is youtube.com slash c slash riptide project laboratory and then i also have an instagram on there as well which is riptide pro lab love it chesh where, where can the people find you my friend uh pretty much everywhere just look for cheshire plays games except for on twitter where you'll find me under cheshire plays and if you're interested in nba stuff and pokemon you can find that under Chesh Breaks everywhere good content is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that makes sense. You can me. find me at Pass the Jam Sam <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter, but more importantly, you can find the uh, the podcast at cmdrcrunch.fireside.fm, uh, on Twitter at cmdr underscore crunch, and Instagram at cmdr crunch, and send us thoughts, feedback, pictures of cephalids, jokes, whatever you want, and we'll... <laughs> you know, within reason, read them out. Um, but more importantly, just, just reach out to us at CMDR. No, that's not, no at symbol in the front, but AT, the word CMDR crunch podcast at gmail.com uh, on the email. So uh, yeah, it's been an absolute ball. And just yeah. remember that's, that's pictures of cephalids, not cephalids. <laughs> yes. I, I, I say Very that way important too fast. Distinction I, there. I get what you mean now. That's true. That's cephalids. True. Cephalids, yes. the creature, the, the, the grand creature type, which is way too overpowered in Commander and everyone should yes. play. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Next one, I'm going to use eyelids. What? Next time I'm going to say eyelids. No eyelids. <laughs> Send us pictures of cephalids, not that eyelids. Makes, that makes me real, feel really unsettled. I don't know why. Ugh. That's what it's supposed exactly. to do. Thank you. You got to start a phobia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was your uh, what was your word when you did the giveaway? The the mouth feels mouth worm something. Mouth, mouth worms. Stop. Mouth worms. <laughs> I don't bring it up anyway. Mouth worm. All right, guys, take care. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.